stepped up and had a huge game seven with 20 points as Ron Artest. He's with Doris. Well, he's an abject joy over his first title. And Ron, on a night where Kobe Bryant, his best attribute for most of the night was rebounding. What kind of satisfaction do you and Cal take that you were able to support him tonight? Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody in my hood. Thank you, Worldwide Warriors, Rock Fell. Gundam. My wife, Tim Shed, my family, my kids, everybody. I definitely want to thank my doctor, Dr. Sandy, my, um, my psychiatrist. Welcome back, gang, to Gundam at MAHQ. We're aiming for the top this episode in episode 56. Uh, in or this, the top list. The to- oh, we're aiming for the top list, which we, mm-hmm. we can get a bit of this episode. But yes. <laughs> but um, before we get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of that, um, I just want to introduce our, our my fellow co-host here. Um, go ahead, Neo. Hello. And, and I am not responsible for what happens in this episode <laughs> because... As you will find out, the unification has begun. Third impact has begun, folks. <laughs> and, also- and it's bad. <laughs> and smacking his lips. Eating like Cheetos or something. Yes. It's our other co-host here. Chris. Huh? You want something? <laughs> <laughs> what? What y'all talking about there? You talking about them giant robots again? <laughs> what the hell is Mecca? What's a Mika? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's Chris for those who don't know. Well, could you not? And also um, joining us in this episode later is um, our two co-hosts. Um, one from uh, the Great White North. That's right. Uh, Pedal Bear North. Uh, uh, Peter. Uh, Destiny Gundam at the Mechatalk.net and, and the soon-to-be Oily South. And, of course, <laughs> we also got Pedal the... Pedal Bear South. We got the, the Lolly Lover of Dirty South. The Dirty South. And it, it's even dirtier with the Lolly the lolly Lover of the South. Our friend Pedal Bear South. Um, and, and you people never thought it could happen, mm-hmm. but it did. And <laughs> if you're experiencing the type of weather conditions we're experiencing right now here in Orlando, mm-hmm. as me and Solbra are recording this, then you know... This might be the end of the world because <laughs> when you unify North and South Pedal Bears, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and um, that the the person Pedal Bear North. A- how do you feel about this show? Well, I'll give you a synopsis <laughs> real quick. <laughs> the person I was alluding to, of course, is Pedro. Wake Cor- up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro. <laughs> Our friend Pedro Cortez from Tomopop.com joins us as well as we discuss both um, anime series from Gynex dealing with the busters. The, the good ones. The good ones. The good Gynex series. First we, Evangelion. First we talk about Gunbuster, which came out in 1988. And then in the early 2000s, we talk about his sequel, Die Buster. And um, before we or, get... Or like we we like to call them Boo Buster. Boo Buster, Buster 1 and Boo Buster 2. There's a lot of busting going on yeah. on this. <laughs> Bustiness. A lot of busting out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But before we get into Aim all for that, the nipples. <laughs> before we get into all that awesomeness, um, we've got some uh, we got some late breaking news with Neo. I don't know if it's late breaking, oh, but um, it, we have news here. Otherwise, let's say here. Yes, back in the uh, the news uh, forum here in uh, downtown Orlando in the news tower, Orange County, Florida. 
It's uh, Neo, one of your roving reporters. And the first one we have here is from Jab, or is actually from uh, JCL Castle 76, a, a friend of all of us uh, here at uh, Gundam. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, he's especially he's really, you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's uh, you know, he's he's been a friend of all of us, but uh, you know, he's definitely taken a definite liking to me in the last few uh, weeks or so. But um, and this is from Nikon Blogspot, and uh, remember last year, and I remember this from the OS News because you know I am the news director, so I should know this stuff. Well, you do really remember when I talked about you know those Nissan noodles, those couple yeah. of noodles? They had uh, they had like a Gundam flavored ones and like Char Asimov ones. Well, they have some new ones for Char. Oh. Yes. And uh, it's stating here that Nissan Food Products returns with a new series of cup of noodle after the highly successful pilot release in August, 2000 of 2000, August of 2009. And this is based on the famous Xeon pilot Charazinable. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I hope you've heard of him. If this is the first time you're listening to Gundam, then I don't know. But there's, there's three types. <laughs> Who the hell's that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, there's three types with three new mini gunplas that will be included, and uh, there's a limited gunpla for a lucky draw campaign that's also available. And uh, these are some delicious sounding cup of noodles here. The first is. one is will be uh, Nissan Food Chili Tomato no- Noodle Gumpla Series, and the first flavor is chili and tomato corresponding to Char's color, and the uh, first one is chili tomato. Mmm, yum. <laughs> Comes with a one three hundred and eighty scale of Shars Zaku two, and that releases August the third, and it's um, five hundred and seventy eight yen. The second one is going to be red cheese chili tomato noodle. Mmm, mm, good. Uh, with red cheddar cheese, comes with a one hundred one three hundred and eighty scale of Shars Gelgug, and that's also going to be August the third. Get out of town. Five hundred and seventy eight yen, and the final one. And this is the one I was waiting for. Because oh. this is the only one that... If you're a true Char fan, this is the one you have to get. All right. The three times spicier chili tomato oh. noodle. <laughs> right straight to the bathroom. Oh, man. Yes. What's it Dude, I with? want some freaking chili tomato. You're making me hungry. <laughs> yes. And that comes with the one one three eighty scale of Char Zagok. Actually, the Zagok. We could use that in the Gulf right now, right? We could. That was the amphibious one. <laughs> and this was for 578 yen, which is a pretty good bargain for BP. Yeah, 578 yen. <laughs> they could probably get the Shars they got. And uh, there's there's also going to be a limited Gungplaw campaign, and the first prize is Sharzaku 2 version 2, clear right. color version. And there's also a lucky draw ticket that's including with each cup of noodle, limited to 1,000 winners. So wait, wait. if you go to Mr. JCML Castle's link, and mm-hmm. it goes right to the Nikon blog spot, you'll see all the craziness that they got there. But um, Wait, no Quattro flavor? Well, no. The, we're just talking one-year war here. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. I don't know if our intestines can do quattro flavored. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be bad enough oh, that we're going to have uh, three times spicier chili tomato noodle. Mm-mm-mm. I hate tomatoes. Well, so. I would imagine quattro flavor would be more mild. more <laughs> Not as spicy. Not as. What are you, Haman? Um, you know what quattro <laughs> tastes like? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Huh? Oh, yay. I will not answer that. <laughs> Well, you just sealed your own fate. There you go. Thank you for for setting me up. Yes. Well, that's what I do. (laughs) The James may have gunned down, everyone. (laughs) Sober over you. Jabman025 gives us a nice little article here, and this is... This talks about how crazy the Japanese are. We already know they're crazy people, but um, the uh, Nippon Airlines teamed up with Sotu and Sunrise, and they're going to have the ANA 
X Gundam Sky Project. Basically, they're going to have a bunch of their planes with uh, Gundam-themed uh, livery on there. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you if you go, and this is also courtesy of the Nikon Blogspot, if you see Mr. Jabman's link there, there's have some uh, photos of the planes, and they got some different... Um, you know, different liveries of, of the planes, Gundam-themed. And, of course, in perfect uh, Sunrise uh, Bandai fashion, there's going to mm-hmm. be some new limited uh, Gunpla that's going to be released because of this. Oh, wow. what else more screens cross-promotion, the more models. So um, That's freaking cool. Definitely, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think that's really cool so far. But um, a few episodes ago, we had talked about the uh, the RX-78-2, the the one one the one one that uh, Mr. Pedro Bear North uh, saw. Right. And uh, we've been wondering what it were, where it would go to. And uh, um, one of our posters, Bushido, and once again, this is off the Nikong blog spot. It seems like this guy like kind of knows what he's talking about when it comes to certain uh, mecha things. Okay. But um, uh, it's they're rebuilding the uh, RX-78-2 in Shizuka, and they're pretty much done except for the head. They've got some pictures there. If you go to the link on uh, Neo's Listener Submitted News article site in the Mecha Talk forum, you'll see that. And um, they actually even have the beam saber in the hand already. So oh. you got to have the beam saber before the head. That's awesome. Because you have to fight off the Xeon. No doubt. And uh, all those lucky to be in uh, Japan from the uh, July 24, 2010 to January 10, 2011, uh, the Gundam 1111 uh, statue is going to be uh, shown there. So definitely check that out. I don't know if it's going to have as all the uh, crazy little things that uh, Petabara North told us where they had, like, concerts and all the little – I'm sure they'll have a, a Gunpla tent because, you know – that's what Bandai is all about. But, um, that, that, that mobile suit's making moves. Out. If you're able to, you know, the, the sad thing is, is if we could give that thing life, it could probably help us in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> if, if only, if yeah, only it mean, was real. Instead of wasting money on other things, we should just give it to the Japanese to build a frigging Gundam. <laughs> but um, last little article we have here is from uh, one of our poster that we haven't heard from in a while, Wielder. Oh, man. I, I don't. I don't know why we haven't heard from him, but it's it's nice to hear from him again. And uh, during this recording, uh, E3 has been going on. Uh, I think we're at the last end of uh, the uh, what was going on there. But um, all those people that are uh, fans of the Super Robot franchise, mm-hmm. little you know, uh, new Super Robot uh, game is going to be on the 3DS. The new Nintendo 3DS. Oh yeah. my God, that's yeah. cool! It's um, this. This is actually from a GameSpot, and better run out and pre-torn it, soul bro. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I, how do you pre-torn a console? I bought this. I bought this. And <laughs> I bought this NDS just for Super, Super Robot Wars. Wars. <laughs> oh damn, it's not being it's, released now. It's not coming out oh, here. Oh God. No. <laughs> but um, in addition to that, there's going to be some other things like. Um, Ridge Racer. They've also uh, confirmed other installments of Gundam, uh, Dragon Ball Z, and some of the Super ro- uh, Robot franchises. Pac-Man and Galaga will be on there, also on the 3DI. So, um, uh, or I'm sorry, the 3DS. So uh, definitely, um, you know, any fans of that, definitely check it out. I'm, I know there's a lot of Super Robot uh, Wars fans that listen to Gundam, and uh, in addition to that, they're going to be supporting uh, the 3DS is going to be supporting things like Metal Gear. Never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy. What the hell is that? Uh, Dragon <laughs> Quest, Kingdom Hearts, Street Fighter. What? <laughs> yeah, you, you could actually be th- Rayu. Oh, man. Imagine that. In Resident 3D? Evil, DOA, uh, Ninja Gaiden, 
Splinter Cell, Assassin's Creed, The Sims, Madden Football, FIFA Soccer. FIFA. The Americans got screwed in that game. Oh. Contra, Frogger. Who the hell plays Frogger? Some people. Uh, <laughs> Saints Row, Batman. But, um, and many more. Yeah. And you know what? You, you, read, the, you read the article because that's what it says, many more. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for the submissions there. And um, anyone that has any articles that they'd like to be heard on, a news listener submitted news article, mm-hmm. just post them to the uh, news listener news. Listener submitted news articles thread on the Megatalk uh, forum. And I'm going to put this over to Chris because I'm sure there's uh, some stuff from the old mailbag. Oh, man, the Postmaster General. Oh, there is. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to go to. Uh, I'm hoping it's just not just pure hate for me. <laughs> some of it goes to Solbro at this point. Don't worry, it's coming. How did you know? <laughs> uh, first question comes from uh, Philos Master, who says, uh, Would you guys be doing any other Western sci-fi shows? I enjoyed your discussion on BSG. I wouldn't mind listening to a discussion on DS9, Firefly, Farscape, or B5. Please don't interpret this as a request. I'm just curious about what we can expect for the future. Well, all of those. <laughs> Except for, uh, I just um, I just recently watched Firefly after seeing the movie Serenity a couple years ago. And I told Chris that after some reading, I'm going to finally watch uh, Babylon 5 because oh. I remember hearing about that and when I used to listen when Howard Stern was cool and he used to be on regular radio oh. before I had to pay for his bull crap <laughs> um, he used to talk about Babylon 5 and um, I, I noticed it's now on Netflix streaming so I'm going to oh. I'm going to definitely check that out because it's always such a it seems to me such a cool concept of um, you know having a um, you know something that was they had a time period in it and you mm-hmm. know he didn't get lured over the the creator of that or the writer of that show didn't really get lured over to the dark side <laughs> like uh the the guys of lost and even bsg to a point they got kind of brought over to the dark side by extending it more than <laughs> probably what they needed to but um yes i i would say that in the future i, I don't know when but it probably will depend on how we can get Solbro into uh watching it because you know, he's got to watch such great things like um, probably like Cops on uh, yeah, G4 I'm sure. and, and Corner Gas and, and all that. And, cheaters. And, you know, cheaters. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I watch. Yes. And no, actually, I've, I've Ramsey's seen... Kitchen Nightmares on BBC America. <laughs> Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. man. Because, yeah, of course, I, you know what, though? my DVR's unlocking. I will s- hey, man, I like, I like Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. I do, too. And I'll <laughs> be honest with you. <clears throat> this is... And, let the hate mail begin. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, I watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, why? <laughs> just please, please say you just you just were hoping to see boobs. That's uh, please say that that's why. Well, I was or some ass. But does it count that I have the sound off and I'm listening to, like cool music while it's going on? Oh, what? because I'm waiting to see that. That's a mitigating factor. And and what about the fact that I'm wishing all the sisters would make out with each other? Oh, except boy. for Frankenberry, who's married to Lamar Odom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you get a pass for that since it was only once. Oh, see, I'm a manly man. Well, <laughs> well then, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I've already seen half. Of so, Firefly, bro, it's up to you, man. So I just need to finish the other half. It's all on you, man. Like always, stop, 
Stop slowing the train down. I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch the rest of Firefly just just so we can review it on the show because I would like to. Oh God, watching the rest of those fourteen episodes <laughs> and that one movie so demanding. Oh my God. I was actually watching the show when it was on television. So so there. Yeah, but you should have been done. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't finish it. So 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 what? The, the sad fact that I'm done watching that show hey. and you're not. It's on Netflix streaming now. So hey. all I gotta do is bang them out, and I will. Because it's a good show, and I would love to watch that. So I will, oh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right. So there you have it. So expect Firefly in the near future and other stuff possibly later. Oh, on. Keep yeah, it man. up for the Kardashians. Yeah. No, really? Ooh. <laughs> no, not, not really. <laughs> Only if they all kiss. Uh, our next question Go for it. comes from uh, Raijin Z, who says, I have a question that could lead into an interesting discussion regarding the state of mecha anime and anime in general. The portrayal of black characters and of black characters in anime and other ethnic minorities in varying degrees over the years. Some shows rely on established stereotypes to quickly signpost those characters with little thought of actual personalities, while... A few do a really good job of creating characters that viewers can empathize with. Macross being one that springs to mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not naive enough to believe Japanese anime will ever pay much mind to how these types of characters are shown in their shows anytime soon. But do you think there will ever be a time when we'll ever see a convincing black or ethnic main character front a mecha show? P.S. Keep up the good work, guys. You rock harder than a bright slap. What about, <laughs> what about Laurent? So, uh, as uh, Laurent. as the resident uh, black man of the show, I yeah. think I should answer this question first. No doubt. <laughs> no, uh... So, bro, as our token black man, why don't you answer this question first? Well, um, I actually wrote a response up for this. I didn't put it up. I didn't post it, but I, I did. And you're not going to read any of it. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Rio Jose, I, he was freaking Mexican or something. He was Spanish. <laughs> he wasn't a black dude. He had, he had a little bit of darkness to him. Um, what about wait, Laron? Oh, he was a Laron boy. was the main character. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Hey, hey, Whitey, let the black man have his say for once. Putting my, I'm putting my ethos <laughs> on him. Well, if anything, I think this is an awesome question. Being black myself, the one thing I can't help notice is when a brother or sister shows up in an anime, mm-hmm. dare I say it, um, as part of the principal cast... Not that I'm offended when an anime has no African representation, since most of most anime features Japanese characters that look Caucasian anyway. It's almost as if they're cutting off their nose in spite, despite their face to begin with, so it doesn't hurt my feelings none. Um, some of the ones of note that I've seen throughout the years, Claudia Grant, or Claudia LaSalle, as she's really called, and Super Dimension Fortress Macross. I was a kid when I saw um, Robotech, and it really hit me that not only was the show the most adult animated uh, animated series I'd ever seen, but it also had a a a, a, a an African you know uh, you can female African American. Uh, she was, I, I wouldn't say she's African American, but she was an African female. Just say a black woman shacking up with a cracker. A, That's what you want to say. A black yeah. woman in the series that hooked up with the no ca- ca- Caucasian she, male. She wanted that white man, and um, she was alluring to me because she was one half of a mixed couple that I had ever seen in anything, period. She and Roy were opposites in many respects. Outside of, uh, <laughs> what was it, um, the, mm-hmm. the dude and the chick and the Jeffersons? Yeah, there you go. Lenny there Kravitz's go. mom and the other, the old white guy? And my memory of the Jeffersons come, out, come after, um, <laughs> come after Robert, uh, Mac Ross. But, um, yeah, she's, uh, they were so, there's so many opposites in so many right. respects, but they went well together at that it blew my tender young mind. And um, even in cartoons of the day, you never saw a mixed pairing like that. And even nowadays, it still doesn't come often. She still stands out as one of as most mostly well portrayed, or the most well portrayed sister in anime to date that I've ever seen. 
And um, I also noted uh, Ryu Jose. He was who, he Mexican, though, man. Well, he was, like a, he was a Latino. He's Puerto, he was Puerto Rican. Oh, no, wait, that's he's yeah. from South America. It's something. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it, just because it's South America doesn't mean he's a black dude. Well, I mean, he was, he was a little dark, and he was the first minority that I ever in, in the anime that they said far back. Let's say he's a halfie, just to, just, just to move forward so we're not yeah. uh, circling around here forever. No problem. Um, who can forget the robust big brother of the white base crew? Who died? Ryu was so awesome, even Bright cried like a bitch. Who was the first to die? Yeah. <laughs> Even Bright cried like a bitch when he died. Not only was he Latino, but his skin had some meat, uh, had some melanin in it too. Like the gun tank he piloted, Ryu was a forerunner of his day, as well as and a pathetic failure. Oh. <laughs> As well as being the last of the hefty dudes that have now gone extinct in anime. To be honest, this guy is about the only anime character I could cosplay as. <laughs> and lastly, out of the notable ones, uh, the main notable ones, you have Lauren Shahak from Turn A Gundam. The Benson Dubois of Gundam. <laughs> in reality, I think he... <laughs> I think he, I, I, I'd like to think he himself represents the future of humans, being of mixed race descent, and exhibiting features that reflect that. And, and chasing after the blonde, the blonde, the blondie, blondest white chick of on earth. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Green eyes, white, Sarah, white women from us. <laughs> Where all the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> he can wear that T-shirt. Yeah. With um, with Cleavon Little's face from um, <laughs> Blazing Saddles. Excuse me while I whip but, this out. Do you actually have on there Shinta? Oh, I, I have a couple of oh names, my. but um, oh, no! hold on, hold on. Green, oh, no! let me finish my thoughts about Laurent. Oh, we're gonna be here all night. Green eyes, white hair, brown skin, a cross dresser, cross dresser, a cross dresser. <laughs> yeah, Gwen, Gwen, have you been them. drinking? And, and not exhibiting. We an wanted ounce, some of that jungle love. And not exhibiting an ounce, an ounce of stereotypical behavior. Laurent is his own character, and to me, Tomino's best lead in the Gundam series. And on top of that, the the dude makes for a great looking broad. <laughs> Clap, clap, clap. Move on. And just um, other ethnic characters of note. I've got uh, Bowie Emerson from Southern Cross. Yeah. Bob Makihara from Tango yeah. Tange. Yeah. Uh, Shinta from Shinta. Zeta Gundam. No! <laughs> no! Marbet. Do not be that much of a, bo- uh, a bottom scraper. Oh, man. Well, yeah, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a brother, man, through and through. Yeah, but is Marbet, is she actually? Marbet Fingerhead. Yeah, she, was, she, she had, you know. Darker skin than everybody else in the show, so I don't know. She was pretty freaking dark, so yeah. yeah. Tomash and Basraf Masaryk from um, Victory Gundam as well. Yeah. Valletta New from Code Geass. You're not sure what Valletta was, but you know she wasn't. It's clearly not Caucasian. Uh, Me, I forget how to say her name. Miyashi Kune from Turn A Gundam. Mish, Mishi, Mishi, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, also, uh, Muhammad Advall from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, Granddad and the Brothers Freeman from the Boondocks, and uh, half the supporting cast of Samurai Champloo. Hey, what about what about that black dude from Episode Two of G Gundam? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't serious because that guy's like oh. <laughs> so stereotypically black, oh. like <laughs> as you would expect from G Gundam. My God, yeah, they did as a. <laughs> He is um quite the um the African stereotype. But um last but not least, I have an honorable mention. Um Jet Black. I don't care what you cats have to say, Jet is darker than Wesley Snipes. Brother have more soul than James Brown. L- You're only saying that because his voice actor in English is a black dude. Hey, man. that's helped to emphasize the fact that he loved jazz. And when you close white your- people like jazz. What so white people can't like jazz? Yeah, what the hell like up jazz, with that, man? But but Jet Jet Why, was you like keeping us down, we can't like jazz. Everybody can like jazz. Everybody can. But Jet was a brother at heart and when you close but black people like it more is what you're saying right (laughs) 
as I wrote here. When, when the, you, the only thing is, is the only reason why you think he's so bro, you're a racist. Yeah, I so, I the only reason why you think he's a black guy is because of his uh, American Billinson. voice actor. It John wasn't Billinson, because of yeah. was because of the guy that voiced him in Japan. As as, <laughs> as I as I wrote here, when you close, he met some eyes. old crazy white guy, and it, it was just <laughs> if you went by his Japanese voice actor. When uh, when you close your eyes and hear his American VA, what pops into mind? Negro, that's what. Enough said. But um, my final thoughts on this is when it comes down to it, the appearances of minority in anime outside of the Jap- of the Japanese will always be fleeting. Yeah, because they're very racist themselves. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, it, it, no, that's it, you, Neil. It's just it's no, just it's society. Jap- Japanese people, if, unless you're... No, it's Jap- you. You're the racist. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> not, not that I can blame them, since they have to create these series to appeal to their main audience, which are the Japanese themselves. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm a racist to Chinese people. Oh. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring that no, up. No, you're racist to everybody. Oh, I know. It's... Even even yourself. I know. <laughs> Goddamn white people. Nice. It is nice to see a series... It's nice to see series that have a more international cast, like the numerous Gundam and Macross series do, as long as those foreign characters aren't presented in a stereotypical fashion. It's an added bonus to have them featured in those animes. I wouldn't hold my breath of seeing another Gundam or even a Macross or some other mecha series with the lead that isn't Asian or Caucasian. Well, they're usually all Caucasian. Yep. <laughs> but you never know what the future might hold. Yeah. Are, are you done with your little school I, essay I, there? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I, I I wanted to give an educated answer for that, and I that delivered with such answer. enunciation and such feeling and and you know emotion. A- exactly. But you, you started getting like all like all peanuts on me. I was like hearing. Wah, 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 wah. Oh man! Wah, 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 wah. Just call me Franklin. <laughs> so uh, so ahead. it's, it's kind of like, hey Peter, what's your thoughts of the show? <laughs> so Neo. Um, as as a cracker, what do you think oh. about uh, this issue? What's that about black people being in anime? Oh man, I think and ethnic people, ethnics in general. I I think because Japan's such a repressed society that um, I could see it more so because in a lot of ways I think having people of different uh, ethnic origins kind of intrigues them because you know if, as we've seen throughout the history of Japan, they've always been like japan centric when it comes mm-hmm. to certain things and um i think that's what really endears them about the united states in general is the fact that we have so many i mean even though you know the united states will never say we can never say that we're like perfect example of that but for most countries i don't think you can have anywhere else where you have some amalgamation of so many different uh people white black hispanic asian whatever it might be right. that can you know get along with each other and i, I think as 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 much as it might be even even in um even in western cinema and western shows as the older people die that create these things and you have newer directors and producers and stuff like this that the color barriers are just going to kind of go away i i think japan's maybe not in the same aspect as the u.s no never no i don't think so i mean never. i mean in the u.s it, it, i don't it's it's not a big deal anymore i i don't think um you know if you have um if you have interracial characters uh interracial couples and stuff yeah. like that i don't think that's a big deal anymore here i, I think with japan just because of the way that society is it, it might take a little bit longer but we've seen like you said with Turn A and and some of the other you know some of the other shows that you mentioned and um, you know hopefully it'll it'll get better but you know that's I guess that's what the world's all about we'll see how that works so right on more lesbians though we do need more of those excellent yes <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> yes. not Gary and Steve but um, Mary and Mary 
like in um what's that what's that one mecha show that you like um with uh burst angel that's right yes more like yeah more more uh more uh <laughs> more lesbian uh more lesbian uh repression there damn right yes all right so having been de- derailed completely yes go ahead. that's what we do i would say that uh you know black and ethnic characters you're never going to see them in in lead roles in a mecha show Laurent's an exception i think because it was tomino doing it and it was the 20th anniversary mm-hmm Gundam series, so it was just uh, a confluence of events that let him get away with that. But um, people always complain about, you know, why is why why is uh, you know why isn't there any anime about adults? Well, look at the audience. Yeah, that's wh- why. do you think that almost all anime is about fifteen and sixteen year old Japanese kids? Yeah, <laughs> that's the audience. And Japan, uh, perhaps more so than any other country in the world, has had a history of thousands of years of isolation mm-hmm. and ethnic and cultural homogeneity. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean the, uh, the po- population of Japan has less than two percent foreigners right now. Yeah, which is very small if you think about it. A country like that, that despite its small landmass, has a huge population. I mean, and only two percent of it is foreigners. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, even when they have Japanese leads. They all look like white people. I mean, it's yeah. like, <laughs> for whatever reason, they're, they're they're one of the craziest people ever. It's like you know, it's like okay, I'm I'm Musashi, whatever, and yeah, you know, but I, I look white as can be. Well, I blame Walt Disney for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't know if I just blame Walt. Why Disney blaming a dead man for something? Huh? No, yeah. well, I mean, if anything, it's not a bad blame. If anything, a lot of that's, anime was inspired that's by yeah, the, but, that, Disney but that's cartoons the thing though is the thing the that Japan is still. They're still in that. There is still in that thing, though. It's like yeah. it's probably easy to blame, um, you know, to blame Walt Disney and stuff. But that's who they were influenced by. But well, Disney inspired you know, Tezuka. And but Tezuka. that doesn't. But that doesn't matter, though. Right. I mean, they're, they're still showing. That has nothing to do with the fact that in Asia you have a uh, a sort of like uh, Euro fetishism where people, yeah. you know, in like China and Korea and Japan, you know, they're getting like nose jobs and they're getting oh. like surgery on like their eye slits to look more western and yeah. oh, true. you know that's just a whole weird thing but anyway um, you know Japan is just a homogenous country you know right. you're not going to see why why would they make a show with like a black dude as a Gundam pilot what's the point of that there's no there'd be no reason to yeah they have to be real special you know, you know it's it's just not their audience and it's not something that anyone over there would identify with and that's the whole point of having all these little kids running around in robots you want characters that the audience can identify with that's why they're all mostly japanese and uh they're all young yeah. but also let's not um let's not overblow the uh melting pot thing about america because if you look at it despite um you know our population being very diverse hollywood is still very exclusionary yeah you know look at almost how every movie and tv show it's always just white people everywhere and when it comes to black actors for every for every denzel washington or samuel L. jackson who's shining in the spotlight Mm -hmm. there's a keith david or a tony todd who's relegated to just supporting work yeah yeah I, I agree with that, but I will say this in the end because, and and I'll, I, you know, not to break this into like real talk here, but I still think as much as you can sit there and you know, the United States has this problem with racism and and you know segregation and all that stuff. But let's be honest, what other this is this is the only country that you know we have our first black president. Yeah, and you know as as much as and I. Ironically. Not to offend our European listeners on mm-hmm. this, 
but as much as Europe sits there and especially Western Europe sits there and says, um, you know, <laughs> they're so much better than us when it comes or they're so much more open minded. Where are the where is the black prime minister or president of France or Germany or Spain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm, 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 about just, how, I'm, I'm just saying in general, though. Yeah, and, I'm not and, talking about the actual yeah. race relations. I'm talking about how yeah. um, our but, entertainment does not reflect our actual diversity. I, I understand yeah. that, but I, I still think our entertainment, as, as stupid as it can be and as somewhat kind of narrow-minded it can be, mm-hmm. we're still a little bit more open-minded when it comes to other countries. I mean, like you said, at Denzel Washington. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't think of Daniel Washington as a black actor. Yeah. They just think of him as a good actor. Here's, a, here's and an you know, and, and that's that's the kind of thing that I'm looking at. So, well, real- my point I'm trying to make is that mm-hmm. we we don't represent our minorities right. properly, so yeah. you well, really can't expect to into as well. I mean, look at um, look at the way we represent Asians in yeah. movies and TV shows. When do you ever see an Asian person who is not um, a street racer, a martial? <laughs> artist, a computer slash technical genius, mm-hmm. uh, a Yakuza slash triad, oh. or appearing in one of these like uh, stereotypical like ethnic type movies like Joy Luck Club. Yeah, but, but the thing <laughs> the thing you gotta look at though too, and and, and this is this is maybe where the, the aspect of where we live mm-hmm. is a little bit different. It's like Florida for all its faults is a very diverse state when it comes to different people of ethnic diversities right when it comes to a lot of things and if you go to i've been to a lot of the other states in the union and even some of the ones that you would think were a little bit more diverse than others um you know especially like the latino culture and stuff in in florida is such a big it's a big part of what florida is Mm -hmm. and you know i've been to places outside of this and it's like you know it's still white there and 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 and, and it's very much so and even as a white person i mean i went to school in a when i went to school the first time in in college i went to a school that was very it was it was in the deep south and it was like some of the things I took for granted, it was like it was very different. Not saying that those people were wrong or Re- anything like that. Reverse, just, reverse they didn't culture shock. Have, they didn't have the yeah. You know, they didn't have a thirty percent Latino population yeah. where so, they live. Something you've grown accustomed. Yeah, to. It's yeah. So yeah, but in terms of the question with Japan and stuff, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a long time coming. Well, when um, it comes to that, unfortunately. An example I, I would say, because Chris brought up uh, black actors that are of note, um, look at Samuel L. Jackson's career before Pulp Fiction and look at it afterwards. You know, Samuel L. Jackson had to grind and he got, you know, yeah. typecast roles and whatnot. And then after Pulp Fiction, of course, his career blew up. You know, there's a lot of black actors out there that are struggling like that. And th- th- there's also signs of change. Um, in Japan, Obama is a very popular um, is a very popular political figure. Yeah, I mean, although he doesn't have anything to do with Japanese um, politics, you know, the Japanese love him, and you know, he's, he's well, he, he sure kind of <laughs> had to do a little bit with their uh, their most recent uh, revolving door prime minister. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. With the whole the whole blow up over the base. I mean, and he whatnot. was in second season of Double O. Uh, he was also he also made an appearance <laughs> in Yatterman as well. But um, also Double on top Obama. of that, you also have have the whole trend about the Gangoro um, trend, where you know the younger set in Japan is actually more hip to urban and um, and and, and Afri- Afri- African American um, trends than than I would say the the the, the middle aged generation. And shows like Samurai Champloo show that. 
So if anything, there's there's signs of change and there's influences and, and Tango Tango yeah, as well. Yeah, they're Tango in Tango uh, as well. They're in the they're in the late 1990s. Hey, you know they they're, <laughs> they're coming up. <laughs> they're coming up, but yeah, those they, they, there's there's signs of change, and I'm looking forward to what the future brings. Such, such a politically charged <laughs> question on the mailbag. It's a good question. Ho- hopefully, man. the next one's less controversial. Now nah, I think since we spend a lot of time uh, on news and questions, we're going to cut it short today. So all right. Aww. Well, that's. That was a damn good question, Rajins, as well as the other questions. That's it for the mailbag. The mailbag rock today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And um, we'll be back with the meeting of the pedos in just a moment here on Gundam at MAHQ. Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod $1,500 and I'll shoot him on general principle. No, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Bitch, shut the f*** up! Hello, everybody. I am Dollar Relance, and I'm here to tell you about the Solar Radio Way podcast that covers video games, anime, media, movies, and various other uh, topics in general. Along with my co-hosts, Sam and Raymond, we all talk about uh, things that interest us as well as uh, things that go on within general populations. So visit us at the Solar Radio Wave and listen to us and give us your feedback. Thank you for your time. This is Dollar Lance and I am sponsoring this message. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pit podcast remember there is much drama on the internet but only the best makes pretentious internet theater start talking and talk fast you lousy bum we've been frantically trying to reach you dude where is my goddamn money you bum well, well we I, I i i don't they did not receive the money you nitwit they did not receive the money her life was in your hands this is our concern dude no, man, nothing is f- here. Nothing is f- No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. We're going to start the first part of our Pedal Buster special. And in this segment we're going to be talking about Aim for the Top Gun Buster, the Gynax OAV from the 80s. And we have as our special guests for this segment, Pedal Bear North, Peter, say hello. Hey guys. As well as, for the first time ever, united in the same podcast, Pedal Bear South, Pedro Cortez from Tomopop.com. Say hello. Hardworking guts, baby. Hardworking guts. <laughs> Could be right. worse. I was expecting, like, DSCs forever or something. <laughs> <laughs> not from Pedal Bear South. That's true. No, no DSCs in Gunbuster. No, not at all. Not no, at no, all. No, no, no. Let's say that for the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to all the specific details about breasts very soon. You can, you can be assured of that with me as the host of this segment. There you go. 
Amen, sir. <laughs> so, um, as we usually start with our anime spotlights, uh, you know, sort of a brief summary, which is that um, Gunbuster is an alternate future, which uh, has Japan ruling the world, as Peter Lloyd with the uh, Gunbuster timeline, and um, they have robots and uh, faster-than-light space travel, and humanity is engaged in a conflict against space monsters. So our main character, uh, Noriko Takaya, her her papa was a uh, spaceship captain, and uh, his ship, the uh, Luxian, was destroyed 10 years earlier by uh, space monsters, and she has vowed to become a space pilot and pick up where her daddy left off. So uh, becoming a space pilot, for whatever reason, involves, um, you know, doing push-ups inside robots <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of um, you know athletic training and, and robotic gymnastics and, and wearing and wearing leotards in, in space yes and and wearing a little tiny uh little tiny mask to to cover you up because that'll protect you from yeah. the hazards of space <laughs> you're in your leotard yeah it's skin tight yeah so 80s it hurts exactly <laughs> So uh, Noriko is uh, the underdog, the uh, underachiever who um, you know has the desire to win despite her difficulties, and she attaches to a um, older student named uh, Kazu- uh, Kazuki Amano, who uh, everyone calls Onesama because she's sort of the star pilot of the school. And um, together, the two of them start excelling, and Noriko builds up her abilities, and uh, they both end up in the space force fighting against space monsters and uh then some giant robot shows up and it's called or something like that and then stuff blows up and a lot of stuff blows up <laughs> breasts blows are up. revealed and then there's like some kind of ending thing a lot later on yeah a lot later on <laughs> a lot later on. <laughs> so, facts with that uh, little basic setup out of the way, uh, why don't we first turn um, the floor to our guests? So let's go with Pedal Bear South. Tell us your thoughts on Gunbuster. All right, so uh, Gunbuster. Um, as I revealed earlier, uh, I wasn't really into mechs uh, very early on me watching anime. Uh, Chris introduced me to uh, Gurnlog, and he introduced me to um, Macross as Macross, not as uh, Robotech, which I had found on my own, uh, thankfully. So um, I had a lot of catching up to do, and I'd heard about Gunbuster since you know I was such a huge fan of Gurren Lagann, and I had looked up some of the influences, and they meant that was definitely something that was further down the timeline. And I'm a big fan of of older animation. I like hand drawn stuff. Me animated stuff is fantastic, but there's nothing quite like having something hand drawn, and there's way more detail that you can get in. Mm-hmm. So I uh, sat down and I watched uh, the first disc on Netflix, and it was pretty good. And I liked it, and, you know, I was like, okay, let me go along with this. Uh, you know, Noriko was kind of annoying at first, you know, but, hey, she was young, you know, she's getting she's getting into it. And then... Wait uh, a second, an annoying lead character in a guy next show? Yeah, yeah. Are, are you serious? I, 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 I the, uh, the thing is, this is back in the 80s. I'm sorry, so I'm, I'm sorry, you just kind of floored me there for a second. I was... <laughs> shocking, dude, I know, man, it's... Oh, my ugh. gosh, okay, okay, no. uh, go pr- continue, I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. Sorry you know, and there, 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 there was some delicious jiggle. You know, there was, uh, you know, despite being annoying, you know, put a sock in her mouth, and she's a cutie. You know, that's it's, it's all right. So I can I can dig this. I can that's... dig this so far. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as it went on, to the we're already one, moving in that bondage direction. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was quick, man. That's where that's the where, penisoids that's what are coming the... out everywhere. It's like, dude, when you put the pedals together, this is what happens. Close to the battery. 
Like, I, look, I got a beer in my hand. Like, this is what's going to happen. Amen. But uh, so I'm, I, I'm drinking a beer just to get through this segment. <laughs> and, and, and which beer would that be, Pedro? I am drinking a uh, Key West Sunset Ale. Oh, I wish I had one of those. Uh, it is a very, very smooth and very good. Man, mm. Suki. I don't drink. <laughs> I'm drinking a I'm this. drinking a hairy chested man's beer, Sam Adams. Look, man, I'm drinking the strongest drink you can: Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Mm. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> wow. Jeff, right there. All right. all right. So anyway, all right, so, yeah. Anyway, so I got the second. I got the second disc, and uh, by the time the second disc was done, I uh, had a way of watching the last volume, and I watched that same night. Uh, essentially, after I finished that, I finished the rest of the Gunbuster series because I. It's very difficult to sort of describe how it made me feel because it was very. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing sorry. is, specifically at the time, the thing is at the time, uh, Nautical like actually really meant something to me. I did a write up on her on um, the Modern Method. Uh, <laughs> anime website um japanator oh pretty about, cool about how uh the the whole hard the hard working guts ethos really 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 features is so so important with this and it's not something that's yeah the show is completely ridiculous yeah the scale that it eventually reaches obviously to be over or you know superseded by shows you know like gao gai gar and and uh, girl and logan obviously but it's it's just the the hard, the what through the growth of nautical from the first episode to the last episode is you know it's monumental and seeing it's really inspirational to see a character make that kind of jump, and, and you know, for for somebody who's not going through a very good you know time of their life at one point, it really it it's it it made me feel really good, and I can and I see how the it's so it's so famous and so popular, and it has remained so for so long right. because of specifically because of the ending, which I'm not going to mention because really going into the show blind is the way to go. Like having that ending hit you the right way will leave and I made and I made um, a comment about manly tears which you know if on internet speak is uh, anybody any moment that you know you, you cry but you know you cry not because it's sad but because it make, it moves you it moves you to your very manly core and uh, I have yet to find a guy who has seen and not necessarily cry but has been moved by the ending of this because it is it's very powerful and that's uh I can't I can't wait till I start speaking <laughs> I might have met that man he might be the first but I'm saying that I'm saying that down, down down here in the south so that's no. how I that's how, how it made me feel. No, I stand with you in that one. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll get to that one when I when I, when is my turn. But uh, continue. It's your time. turn. Well, yeah. shoot. <laughs> Quit busting. You're not a pedo. Rejected. <laughs> so, remember, you're next from um, Pedal Bear North. Remember, we're just spectators in this whole thing, Solbro. <laughs> well, to sum things up. I think I have to steal the words of a certain internet hobo. Oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life! <laughs> it's, yeah, this Gunbuster remains to this day. When you ask me, oh, what's your favorite anime, or what do you think is the greatest anime of all time, I will say Gunbuster without hesitation. It was just, like, I saw it a lot before, uh, like, Gurren Lagann and stuff, so I'd probably seen it earlier than Pedro did. And, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's kind of hard to describe, like, describe how exactly it, like, moves you. Like, starting from the beginning, like, I, I like Noriko, like, so much. She's definitely, like, my favorite, probably my favorite anime character of all time, too. Man. Where she's, like, she's doing her best, right? But she just can't quite measure up. I mean, she, physically speaking, she's good, but when you put her in a robot with all those buttons, she's like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. But despite all that, she gets chosen by Coach there, who's 
voiced by Wakamoto, so he's automatically awesome. Hell yes. Yes. And so she doesn't have too much confidence because she's just not that good, and it's compounded by, like, all of her fellow schoolmates are, like, bullying her and talking behind her back and, like, leaving tacks and stuff in her cockpit and stuff. Oh. So just when she, like, just breaks down crying there because all these people are, like, they graffitied her robot and stuff like that, it's just really felt for you know especially me who was also the subject of bullying back in school mm-hmm. so like i really felt for her and then when she like gets her training montage on there then <laughs> <laughs> by the end of it she's not just a training montage an 80s training, training montage, montage yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's up there with like um like the rocky training montages that's what you think of when you see it. Cue the music from Chariots of Fire. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah. On that copyright, note, yes. copyright, copyright. Yeah. On that note, yes, Bandai Visual did change that for their most recent mm-hmm. DVD release. But it's not like that big of a deal, I don't think. I mean, at the very yeah, least. You know, I wonder if most people who complain about that these days were A, even alive when Chariots of Fire came out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm guessing they weren't, or yeah, or B sure. have seen it. Yeah, it would so, it would help if they so did. They wouldn't even get the joke because they wouldn't know what that music means. Exactly. <laughs> well, but still, like basically, like I, I find it fine because at least the track that they replaced it with was also from the Gunbuster soundtrack. True. Like they didn't try to shoe in some like J-pop song or something, or like not like a four kids rap song or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that would be kind of interesting to see how that would work. A well, rap song. That, that would have been rage-worthy, but no, they had this copyright issue, whatever it was. I'd never yeah. seen the movie in question, but and they changed it, but at least it was something from the soundtrack, and it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't like say, oh, they butchered it, they changed the what the creators really in, wrote, <laughs> originally intended, and whatever. <laughs> so anyways, so Noriko gets challenged by that one older lady, and they have their fight there. It's kind of funny, because you have, like, these robots, they're, like, slapping each other and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But then, Noriko eventually wins with a rider kick, I mean, Inazuma kick. And, uh, (laughs) they go off into space, and then Noriko really gets put through the ringer there, like, she finds her father's old ship, and she has to kind of confront the fact that, yes, her dad's dead again, and... In episode three, where she meets her uh, Cosme like dumpster there, and then she hooks up with that Smith guy. Oh yeah, with the funky hair. <laughs> yeah, she kind of develops a little crush on him, but then they launch and have their first battle, and uh, it gets worse. Oh. <laughs> that that scene there is really like it really captured the fear from the cockpit. Yeah. Like here she is, she's out in the vacuum of space. All these like you don't even see the space monsters; they're just blurs that fly past her, so she doesn't know what she's fighting. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's trying to call out for Smith, but there's this radio silence. Like, Ooh, really That's the best part of that scene. Cause so yeah. often in anime, you hear like, you know, someone's fighting something, and you're like, oh god, they got me! Yeah. Or, or you see it's just, it. Yeah. It's just yeah. so generic and so overdone, yeah, but man. the fact you know, she's freaking out, and then you just hear silence. It's what You, you fear more what you can't see than what you do see. Yeah. And you don't even know what happened to him, but you know it was bad. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it, it shows the true thing of war. I mean, how many times do people that participate in war, when they go out on a mission, they come back, and 
their friend isn't there, yeah. you know, and, and right. that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, that that to me is probably one of the more powerful parts of the whole show, right. or the whole OVA. But, uh, and of course, episode four kicks up to 11, and it's just like, in that, Noriko's arc has been like, first she had like no confidence in herself, but then she had confidence, but she was relying on the approval of others. Mm-hmm. Like basically like Cosme and Coach telling her that, yeah, you're the best, or you're you're like really good, but the thing with Smith really opened her eyes that no, she wasn't that. So you could say it's almost like, don't believe in me who believes in you, believe in yourself. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. And you can, like... A proto version of that. Well, she even, can... she even won over nice Amon Khan. Oh. Proto Asuka. <laughs> proto Asuka that hey, looks like Hey, Don't Hamon. you dare call Jung Freud a proto Asuka. <laughs> Because Asuka is such a useless, horrible person. There is no way that she relates to Jung Freud other than Bite your friggin' tongue, you bastard. Asuka's my boo. Ray all the way. Anyways. It's the only thing that gives me satisfaction out of Evangelion. Anyways, what's so Sorry, sorry, Pedo, keep going. Go ahead, Peter. So great about episode four there is like you can pinpoint the exact second where she decides, no, I gotta like it's all up to me, I gotta take a stand here, I gotta believe in myself and I gotta go out there and kick some ass. And like that's exactly what she does with one of the greatest entrances like ever. Where they're just like yeah. Oh no, the fourth hatch is opening. What? <laughs> and all of a sudden boom 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 and then it just like slowly rises up out of the hangar with arms crossed his chest. It's a monumental moment. Because yeah, that this this is when the um the guy next ten minutes of power um uh cliche kicked in for the first time. <laughs> yeah. It was freaking awesome though. <laughs> that that gunbuster march though, I mean you can put that to just about anything and have it just be ridiculously awesome. Like it they can do. It, it drastically improve everything. Yeah. <laughs> like say when somebody calls you on your iPhone. Yeah, that's uh that's Chris's ringtone on my phone. <laughs> that's freaking cool. So yeah, she just takes it out, takes out Gunbuster's like incomplete, so they're fighting all these space monsters, but she goes out there and kicks some ass and saves the day. And episode five there's this unadulterated awesome. Mm-hmm. With uh of course that switches there to Cosme getting her development with her feelings for uh coach there. It's Wakamoto, you can understand. <laughs> yeah. Coachy so They go out and they have to blow up their ship to hit the space monsters with a black hole bomb, but Cosme doesn't want to do it because he's dying of a disease, and the, with the space aids. space with the travel there, you have the whole time dilation thing, so he only has like three months for, to live, but by the time they go out to the battle and then come back, three months will have passed, so he'll die and she won't like be there to see him off, so she doesn't want to go through with it, but in a nice role reversal from the beginning, it's Noriko, the one that tells her to pull her stuff together, and they got Aim for the top. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's got a nut up or shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you just like, start up the awesome insert song and combine to form your robot and then tear your shirt off and greatest kick it. attack of all time. Yeah, tearing your shirt off. That's yeah. That, that's one of those moments. Well, that was episode six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm right. just, I'm just, I'm just reminiscing. I'm sorry to get ahead of you there. So, and then. Of course, the nice thing about that is they do get back, and Coach is still alive because he's just that awesome. You can't kill me until I see my girl. You can't kill Norio Wakamoto until he gets some. Until <laughs> he and wants they, to be killed. And as you've seen, like he, the next episode in like the side story manga, they actually do end up getting married and stuff. So he had a nice, he had a nice end to his life, that's for sure. Oh yeah, he hit it. He yeah. hit it before he went out. <laughs> <laughs> 
course, considering he's like in his twenties and she's like seventeen, so he's one of us, eh, Pedro? It's all good. It's all good. You know, grass <laughs> hey, the playing he, field, man. He was ready to got, play ball. Oh, God. <laughs> he got to taste the the forbidden fruit of of the former student. Thank Not, God, Japan's in control of the world, right? <laughs> 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 now I know who you both got framed above your mantle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a photo of Wakamoto over my bed. He watches over. Just Hell to make yeah! Sure. Of course, you got episode six, which is shot <laughs> completely in black and white, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. widescreen. So it's just this real like cinematic feel to it. And like, despite what people like to think about Kinex, no, they didn't run out of budget. And I think it's actually more expensive to shoot things in black and white than it is to, like, color or something. Right. I don't know that. Uh, it, it was actually drawn that way, so it's not right. like they just drew it and then uh, filmed it. Anyways, it's not like they ran out of color ink or whatever, like with Evangelion. <laughs> they, 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 they actually managed <laughs> the budget well on this one. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> so that had, like, a real... Like nice feel to it. Like, um, I think I read in, like the booklets that came with the DVD that they did it to like simulate old war footage. Yeah. Like most of the final battle, it's all like still images, but it's still just epic, and especially with like <laughs> over the top ridiculous. Like you have like gondolas that go up and do, uh, or no, like um, one of those like things that are wired. Sky cars. Yeah, they have sky cars that go up right. into space, <laughs> and. They have, of course, the black hole bomb, which is, like, freaking Jupiter compressed. Like, they took Jupiter and they made it into a bomb. Oh, oh poor gosh. Jupiter, man. Jupiter can't catch a break in this series. That's right. In anime, Jupiter is always the one that gets the short stick. Yeah. Uh, every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, like, yeah, just that. I know we're not saying anything about the ending, but it's just... You oh, can't you can, you can blow it for people. It doesn't matter. Because Paul will blow it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, he, he will. <laughs> hey, you think if he didn't care about spoiling uh, Lelouch dying... You know, soon after the end of R2 that he's going to give a crap about something that's 22 years old. Oh, nothing's nothing saving me. I, I, I still won't say anything, so then all the blame will go to Neo. I won't that's either. That's fine. Let's have Neo go last. Mm. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of hard not to be like, moved by that. I mean, I've never actually physically shed tears, but my eyes have, like, definitely, like, watered up, and I definitely feel choked up, especially with, like, the that BGM that plays at the very end, and just mm. the whole, like... Uh, you just can't. You have to really see it to experience it. It's like this whole OVA is definitely just something you have to watch. Even if you're not a mecha fan, if you're just like an anime fan, you have to watch this. It's just, it's just like awesome. Like, like I said, it's the greatest anime I've ever seen. It's probably one of the greatest works of fiction I've ever seen. It's destination anime. There you go. Yeah, it's just like even by today's standard, like the animation still looks great. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. Yeah, it's like it aged really, really well. Like you could still watch it today, and it's still a lot better looking than some other shows out there. Outside the hairstyles. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's that that, that that's yeah. a time period thing. That that you can. Yeah, I mean, I think it's same. just this hair that became unreasonable. Noriko's was pretty nice, especially in the final episode when she had longer hair. Or or, or mom uh, Onisama, she got the short hair. Oh, oh my god, that, 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 that's hot. That's a, why 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 does why does an all anime if you got short hair that just depicts that you're older woman? Hey man, she, she's she's uh, she good went, looking older woman though. They don't she's have to have Okay, leave her alone. She turned into silliest stingray, man. It's cool. Oh, it's cool, man. That's fine. <laughs> so why don't we move on and hear from uh, from Paul now? What do you think about? Oh uh, man, brace well, yourselves. All I gotta say is, Gumbuster. I thought he was going last. Gumbuster <laughs> is the the pedo bear's dream because. <laughs> <laughs> where 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 else can you have a show where um, all you have to do is just send the girls into subspace, 
and they come back still 14 or 15, nice. and you're 40 or something, 40 or 50. <laughs> so it is, it is it is definitely the Pedo Bear's dream there because it's like um, throughout the whole show is, you know, uh, Noriko, uh, you know, she's, she's fighting these space monsters and they're going to subspace and all this. And it's like her old rival at the end of the OVA, her old rival at the, that she had to bitch slap at, at the school <laughs> was like a 50 year old principal of the school. It's like each time that she went back, it was like, Oh, she graduated. Oh, now she's a teacher there. Now she's the principal. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. What's that line from Days and Confused high school girls. I get older. They stay the same. same yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. Old Wooderson. One of the greats. <laughs> hey, he, he'd actually be a live-action pedo bear in his, in his true form. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Gunbuster, I um, you know, um, I don't know if I can match what the what the pedos have just said, but um, I think all in all, it is a solid show. Um, it's it. I do agree with um, Peter is that it is something. Even if you're not a mecha fan, you, you'd want to see this. Uh, it, it's got a little bit for everything, and I, I think the biggest message of you know. If, as long as you try, and if you try to be the best, most of the time you can succeed. And you know, it's and you know, it, it's just got that kind of endearing thing. I mean, Noriko is kind of that endearing character. Right. Uh, you want to see her succeed. Um, you know, and and some of the things that she went through. You know, especially I, I think really the standout thing is that that episode where Smith gets killed because she's she's not only realizing she's dealing with the fact of her father getting killed, but now she this guy that really she kind of took a liking to either in what way or shape or fashion, but they, you know, they really seem like they had kind of a thing going on there and seeing that war can be just so indiscriminate. And, you know, one, one minute someone's there and, you know, he was trying to protect her, help her out when they were fighting. And, you know, they get back to the ship and, you know, that, that scene where she's looking out the, um, looking out the hangar bay, waiting for him to come in and the, you know, they're, they're putting up the gate. It's like, you know, and they're bugging out. It's like, damn, that, that sucks. You know, that, that, that to me is, probably more emotional than even the ending when it comes to that because i mean it, it very like chris said a lot of times you see and not only in anime but even live action stuff it's like you know that that character you see them die the fact that we don't even know if he got killed or what happened to him it's it, it just really puts it in a whole different perspective yeah, he might have just been left out in space ran out of fuel or something or you know whatever but um you know, it, it, it's definitely one of those shows that you do need to see. I, I think it is one of um, Gynex's really good shows. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, if you're a fan of things like Gurren Lagann and even Evangelion, um, <laughs> you, you'll enjoy this. Even though, you know, it, it, it's funny because when we talk about Die Buster, it, it's going to make me laugh because... Um, I've never seen Gynex just take something in a, a traditional timeline and, and add a whole bunch of new characters and make a new story. It's like, you know, yeah. do something later. But uh, And they did that with Die Buster. But, um, you know, uh, a good show. Um, you know, every, everything within it uh, is it's solid. There's not one episode that really lacks or it's just, you know, it just it doesn't feel like the the story's going anywhere and, and sometimes you get that with um, OVAs they might have a grand idea but six episodes might be too much for it but with this it, it, it's it's just showing the whole maturation process of uh, Noriko and um, yeah the, the ending 
you know, once they, they defeat, um, you know, once they defeat the space monster and they return 12,000 years later, it's like, wow, this is, you know, pretty cool. But, um, you know, outside of that, I, I definitely say this is something that needs to be, uh, watched by, um, really all fans of anime. And I mean, I don't know if it's, I could say it's one of the greatest shows ever, but it is, it is up there. I, I think it, it is definitely something. And I think it's one of those shows that depending on the person you're going to, every, every person's going to get a little bit, um, a little something different out of it. I, I, I think, um, you know, that, that's, that's, and maybe that's what this show was intended to be, was intended to be that way. But, um, you know, other than that, I, I don't really have much more I can say. I can't really, um, you know, a lot of things that uh, both Pedro and Peter, especially Peter, I, I agree with. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it, 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 it really must be the end of the universe. The, 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 <laughs> fact, the fact that we have the unification of both North and South pedos, and the fact that I do agree with a lot of Peter saying, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Double paradox. <laughs> are, we, are we in Bizarro World? No. But um, be close to it. So and uh, and, and if and if you like and if you like bouncies, there is plenty of bouncies in this. Oh, one like, too. well, hey, I said we're gonna get to that, so Ooh. we're gonna get to that. We're 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 definitely gonna get to that. So <laughs> hold your horses there. Okay. Nice, hold your boobies. So so Adam. Well then, um, <laughs> Gunbuster man, I, you know I put off watching this for a long time, and not because I didn't want to see it. I just never had it fall into my just lap before. You fail. I yeah. yep, every day. You didn't want to see it, believe me. <laughs> But I always heard lots of good things about Gunbuster, and you know my first real. Oh, explosion. so that's why you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah anytime exactly. you hear something good about a show, it's like I'll delay I it as soon as it's right, So I'm definitely not gonna watch I'm it. A, I'm gonna duck that show. I'm gonna duck it. Soul Bro, G Gundam's good. No, no, no. Four years later, that's the greatest show I've ever seen. Man, if anything, my first <laughs> awesome. Soul Bro, Legend of the Cures is good. Uh, uh, Ten if, years if, later, oh my god, it's the most awesome anime ever. You see, Soul Bro, you got You got to see Battlestar Galactica. No, it's my dad used to watch it. No, it's nothing like that. I know that, but you still got to watch this. This is amazing. Three years later, my God, that was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. You see, I got Why my... did you tell me more that it was an amazing show? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stress hard enough. See, the, see, the, the secret with Soul Bros, you got to tell him it sucks. Oh, then he'll watch it immediately. Then he'll watch the hell out of it, man. Like, I watched that yesterday. No. <laughs> Lost Blows. Oh, every, oh, every weekend. Man, sweet. But um no I mean uh, my first exposure to Gunbuster was um Super Robot Wars Alpha I um <laughs> played that in the opening stage you play the they play the girls from Gunbuster and the the main plot of the game runs around them and it always piqued my interest in watching the show I just never came across it to be able to, to watch it but um finally sat down and watched it just the other day and man I was pretty floored uh I I won't go over the, all the stuff that Peter did but for the most part you see you see Noriko's progression throughout the series and she evolves with every episode and for such a short series you see her come a long way um you know they're pretty much fighting against a nameless faceless enemy but you know the 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 drama that you know this enemy is um putting upon you know them and 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 the stress and and the uh the situation that's being caused by this is causing all these people to step up in their own lives and um norco's journey is is a real impressive one um you know she's uh, she's one of the few hot hot-blooded female pilots you'll you'll ever see in anime and she to me is probably the first notable one um you know, the, the this series borrows a lot from 70s anime, I think, um, when it comes to the Super Robot shows. It borrows a lot from um, Super Sentai shows, too, because I know Ano is a big fan of uh, 
Common Rider and you know shows like that and and, and of course you see you, <laughs> you see that holy in the, in the lightning kick that uh that gunbuster does or I should say Noriko does but um, well, it also borrows from uh, Aim for the Ace which is a 70s anime and manga about a girl who wants to be a top tennis player so oh that's where the title that's from. that's what Aim for that's why Aim for the Top is is a parody so all that right. sports themed stuff is a parody of that series yeah. right in, in the beginning gunbuster was like Toted as like by otaku for otaku, mm-hmm. so that's definitely why like some of that stuff shines through. That is just like a big love letter to anime as a whole. Oh yeah, and on top of that, you can see Norgo is like the perfect otaku girlfriend too. You know, <laughs> seeing that yeah, she's all like into Sailor Moon posters yes. in her room and stuff. Sailor Moon Pretty posters, um, Miyazaki posters for um, for uh, what's it, uh, Totoro and Nausicaa in her in her bedroom. You know, she's like the the perfect otaku girl. So it's not hard to fall in love with her when you're watching the series. Um, but for the most part, um, what really floored me was the last episode. Because I always heard about the infamous black and white episode. You know, Gynax ran out of money. Gynax ran out of money. When I finally sat down and watched it, it didn't look like that at all. To me, they looked like it looked like Ono was trying to channel as much Kurosawa as he could when he when he made that last episode. Because I've been on a Kurosawa kick lately. I just watched Rashomon the other day, and I watched Seven nice. Samurai again. And you know, watching that last episode from the way they laid out the the, the storyboards and the shots and the dialogue and just the the drama that was invoked in that last episode, it's very Kurosawa-esque. I mean, right down to the, to, to the very ending, which I won't spoil, but it's just... They win. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely powerful. Maybe they had some budget constraints towards, <laughs> towards the end of the series. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> they win, and, and, and none of the main characters die. Spoiler! <laughs> But no, um, it ends. It, <laughs> it comes to a close. Conflict it's ends. not continued for 20 years. Yeah, but it's a very powerful ending. And um, just what the, the hell did they eat for 12,000 years? <laughs> and where'd they go to the bathroom? There, there's an actual, there's an actual explanation. Like, uh, if um, you do the calculation, like, there's that's sort of what's interesting about the both. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting here. Oh, but ahead. there's something interesting about the shows is that they try to sort of ground themselves in science. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort science. of. Science. Which which so, which makes people, us go ahead. Well, people have done the calculations and they were able to calculate that they were actually in the robot for something like two or three days. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't an impossible like in, right. like if they follow the rules of their show, they mm-hmm. easily could have survived being in that robot. Yeah. So. yeah I mean, they were just practically slung shot. Uh, you know, across, <laughs> they were slung shot through time. And, you know, I, I got it immediately. You know, I love the fact that this show incorporates a lot of hard science fiction for being, you know, as 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 much of a, you know, a super robot slash real robot mecha show that it is. It, it incorporates a lot of hard science fiction and it has this whole world behind it that, you know, you, you could you could overlook if you're just watching it casually. But if you're really in the gunbuster, there's a lot of material in the background that you can actually just look up and and, and involve yourself in. I mean, go, it goes to show the, the, the whole gunbuster uh, science uh, science level. And shorts that uh, also accompany the episodes too, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. To Gunbuster. <laughs> but no, it's cool. Those those kind of things intrigue me. That's like a, that's why I like to read um um uh, Ghost in the Shell and um, Battle Angel Alita because those authors also do the same thing. But um for the most part, read Ghost in the Shell. I'm always looking at Ghost in the Shell if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Boobahs. 
But yeah, for the most part, Gunbuster was an absolute joy to watch, and that ending makes it all worth it. But the ride, the entire ride, is 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 incredible. I, I did you shed manly tears? I did actually. My oh eyes, my, my eyes welled up. My eyes welled up in the last bunch of sissies few minutes. Of course, man. I'm not heartless. What a bunch yeah, of damn sissies. <laughs> no, there's only there's only like a couple things you're supposed to cry at. Old uh-huh. Yeller. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, I never cried at Old Yeller. I never did either. To be and honest. I've never even seen Old Yeller. Oh, oh man, it's terrible. Neither man. have I. Well, damn, you're un-American, man. <laughs> <laughs> but just just to make a long story short, it's it's a great watch. I call, I would consider it an anime essential, especially if you're a Mecha fan. Does it get the, uh, the Soul Bro uh, guarantee. guarantee? It gets the Soul Bro guarantee Ooh. twice over. Mm. Twice it over. Gets, it gets double pedal guarantee too. They're going right. Look well, he's that. got the double soul bro guarantee, so it's it's two times worse than uh, the second season of <laughs> of double O. Then <laughs> <laughs> two times worse than the second season of double O divided by destiny. Oh, Man. oh cool. damn! Damn, what's that? That's when he equals Oh, <laughs> <laughs> strike witches. <laughs> I'm speechless, Chris. You can't really use Nanohawk because that's actually popular. Strike witches is Shut up. that people hate. Well, so is destiny. It doesn't mean it's good. Oh my god. <laughs> is it popular or notorious? It's popular. Okay. Famous or infamous? Both. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know what I can say that everyone else hasn't already said, but uh, basically, you know, if you watch it, how could you not love it? You know, it's got fantastic 80s animation. Mm-hmm. You know, I always love designs by uh, Haruhiko Mikimoto. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing super robot design. Um, just the composition of everything. The 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 thing that really strikes me about this show and even its sequel is they both have a lot of heart and these are people you can tell that are making this show because they they love what they're doing not just because they're out to make a quick buck yeah yeah and it's very it's very what apparent. happened to guy next I don't know I think they disappeared <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they came dust in the wind. Oh man. So, you know, Guy, you know, Gainax of course at this time this is only their second major production after Wings of Honiami. So, these were still a bunch of young guys finding their way in the world and, you know, it's Ano's debut as a director. Yeah, it was Ano's debut as a director. So, I think that, you know, they had sort of that, I don't know, that that, that spring of youth in them that allowed them to create a story like this that I imagine guys 10 or 20 years older would not have conceived. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And as everyone else mentioned, the growth of the characters, especially Noriko, the way she starts off as the, uh, you know, the underachiever who just can't make it and that nobody has any expectations of success, you know, and then eventually she turns around and has to, um, you know, get her Onesama to uh, spring into action, and then, you know, the way she just becomes the famous savior of the world, and um, you know, the subject of that that last episode, uh, I would definitely agree with Adam the the Kurosawa feeling of it and. The thing about the black and white is, you know, I've watched a lot of movies in black and white, and having a movie in black and white gives you um, like a feeling of starkness. Yeah. And you really get that in this last episode because it conveys that feeling of the stakes that are on the line. Because there's lots of anime, you know, we watch how many, you know, shows we watch like Gundam where, yes, war is bad and terrible, and lots of people are going to die if the war doesn't stop, but usually you don't have all of humanity at stake. Right, exactly. Yeah, the stakes are really, really high here. Yeah, the stakes are as high as they can be. It's the survival or the extinction of humanity. Yeah, the scale's and, definitely huge. I mean, they're fighting in the center of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, you and you much. see 
tons and tons and tons of these space monsters, and then you see Buster Machine number three show up, and you're like, oh, crap, this stuff's going down. (laughs) Shit just got real. Yeah, and I think the black and white really helps add to that feeling, and it also kind of gives it like a old historical war documentary kind of feel to it. That it does. Well, that, and I I think sometimes with with the black and white is that if you really look at the old black and white movies, the stories were so solid that... I think sometimes when you have bright, beautiful graphics and um, you know CGI and stuff like that, it sometimes can uh, compensate for a lack of story. Yeah. And when you have that black and white, and, and, you, and I, maybe that might have been something else they were looking at is showing that you know this is going to be a solid ending. Because how many times have we watched OVAs and the, the last episode is always so misconstrued and just terrible. Or terrible. Yeah, terrible. And it and it, it <laughs> and I mean it and it and it just goes completely in a one eighty degree fashion than what you're used to, than what was in what they were trying to show in the whole entire show. It's like you know, it, it's kinda of disappointing. But you know. I thought it I thought it was a, a, a and to be honest with you, after like the first two minutes it doesn't really bother you. It didn't bother yeah, me yeah. when the first time I saw it. So. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I was yeah. like, at first, I thought it was because of the bootleg copy I was watching. <laughs> but, but then later, when I found out, it was like, oh, it's supposed to be that way. It's like, okay. You mean like that, that bootleg of Star Trek? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russian. Well, they're, they're, you know, back in the day when you'd get bootlegs on uh, VHSs, sometimes the uh, sometimes the, the transfer process wasn't always great, and you know, colors would get washed out, or sometimes they just look terrible. And uh, that's what I thought when I saw it. But later, that I found out it was a different story. So, <laughs> well, I would I would say that uh, Gunbuster, in my opinion, is one of those uh, is one of the best examples of '80s anime mm-hmm. when. You know, that was sort of the golden era of anime, and you had all these OAVs coming out that did so many different things that you don't see in OAVs today. Took a chance. Yeah, they would take chances on things, so it's definitely something to see, whether you like robots or not, because it's a story that transcends robots. And the robots aren't that big of a part of it. I mean, they're they're part of it, yeah. but it's not... I mean, the freaking title robot doesn't show up until the end of the fourth episode. Yeah, yeah that's, pretty, that's pretty ballsy, if you think really. Yeah, good. what does that say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... All that said, uh, let's talk about breasts. Nice. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, as, as Pedro can attest, um, I am a breast connoisseur. Nice. <laughs> so I know breasts, and I like breasts. And I will say, without a doubt, definitively and absolutely, that Gunbuster, which originated the, uh, the Gynax Bounce, mm. has the best animated breasts ever mm. in any anime. Damn. Damn, Anybody want to disagree That's or add to that? Well, just, um, just the just the the hot tub sequence with the three girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. that's, uh, that's the best uh, yeah. tub uh, hot spring sequence. Period. Yeah. Don't get the better. And and a big Rich becomes the guys to fly by too. Yeah, Rich. Oh, be- yeah. <laughs> they Rich, <laughs> Rich becomes a, a guy next staple. It seems like through every guy next show, there ends up being a. A hot tub se- or a, a hot springs or a hot tub sequence in one well, of that's these. A, that's an anime staple in general, yeah, as it like, should be. <laughs> like other breasts, yes, they'll end up in a tub and they'll be exposed. It'll be great. Yeah. Although you think they would have remembered to um, close the blinds so that all of the guys flying by in their little picker wouldn't steal a nice show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gunbuster actually, actually went like in one of the original cuts. It went even further with that and showed pubic hair. Oh yes. Oh. Back- that got cut out later. 
people were people were legitimately they making comments about uh, the uh, the sanctity of the character and how he was a slut for having uh, pubic hair. How wonderful our fandom can be. Oh. Yeah. How how dare Japanese. she have something that's a natural part of the human body? Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. That's, that's just a bunch of uh, angry uh, internet virgins. Yeah. <laughs> 1980s angry internet versions. <laughs> they're uh, they're angry, uh, you know, BBS uh, dial-up Usenet uh, virgins. Usenet virgins. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, does anybody else have anything to say about uh, the wonderful topic of breasts? I gotta say, I gotta agree with you, man. After seeing June, man, oh my god, oh my god, nice, nice, I'm on all day, all day. They, she, uh, she's the queen of that. They're pretty good. The I mean, there there are some other examples that you know that. Oh yeah, the the finale. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you know, with it, its age, it, it helped usher in that that breasts are okay to show on TV. Yep. And uh, that you know, it it probably helped uh, prompt a lot of later OVAs and movies to you know, because there's there's plenty of other great breasts we've seen throughout the uh, throughout anime, the major, the Tenjo Tenge girls. This is in the top three fan service animes right yes. here. Right here. Chris, how do they um, back up to uh, Queen Bla- Queen's Blade? See, but here's the thing about a lot of those other shows. Uh, all the women are all drawn like they have fake giant boobs. That's okay. And they don't move realistically. Right. Yeah. Gunbuster, okay. all of the breasts look realistic, and they all move the way real breasts move. So hey, that's after, what yeah. Gunbuster... <laughs> hey, after, after a certain age, all women need a lift. So. <laughs> yeah, but they're lollies. They're clearly not that time. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, the, Plus, the you know, delicious time dilation. Yeah, I know. I I know. I'm talking to the the lolly crowd here. So, <laughs> I I like how like natural they look. Like what Chris said, they don't look like overdone or like even like the scenes that they're shown in is stuff that like say Jung was like sunbathing topless on the beach and like they were just kind of there. You know, it wasn't like they weren't pointing at like torpedoes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like when you'd expect to see breasts, and it's just kind of like. They're just like there, like like I said, they're just there. They're not like like the camera doesn't like zoom up on them or yeah. Like yeah, that's that. the problem. Just... So much anime, they just look like giant basketballs, yeah. and you got these weird looking nipples that are all pointing in different directions, and everybody just looks like they have a bad boob job. Yeah, and it's just like you see them in the bath, and they're just like there, like where it's like other shows will like have like steam covering everything or whatever. Yeah. This looks dumb, but here it's just like they look natural, and you see them when you'd expect to see them. Yeah. So when they're all bathing. Uh, having um, discussed breasts, uh, we have two more two more topics at hand on on this show, and one of them was uh, that Pedobear South asked if he could borrow the Straight Talk Express. So I'll let you take it for a quick spin around the block. All right. So real. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys right now. You know you have to talk like John McCain when you do the Straight Talk Express. <laughs> I, I, my fellow Americans, my friends. So I go and put some marbles I, in your mouth. I, I, kicked him, I, <laughs> I kicked him off the bus. I jacked his bus. I'm taking it for a spin. Sweet. All right. So, fans of anime that have started watching anime after 2000, it's okay <laughs> to like hand-drawn shows. It's okay to here. like something that came out even possibly before you were born. It's Are you possible. serious? Garth sucks, man. He sucks. Boy. If he was, he was before Uh-oh. the year 2000, it's a crap. Fil- He's film. back, the troll. The that troll's back. Punch the troll in the face. The troll's hiding inside the bus. 
No, I gotta kick him off the. That's bus. where he Get was. We time. were wondering. We were wondering where he went while you were gone. I'm gonna throw him you on your vacation. We we're like, Shoot him. The, did he did he hide in the did he hide like in the 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 cargo bay of the Tonza flight out to Europe when Chris went? <laughs> he's following him. We hadn't heard him for a while, so he's back. He's back in Dade County. All right. It was it was that it was that voice that was in the back of his head the entire time. But uh, no, seriously. Like, all right. So you either get people who, and this will this will be mentioned also when you know we go to Die Buster. That that you know, oh, you know, because it's hand drawn and because it's old, it's very clear. This is an inferior product, and oh, you know, I don't want to watch it. Guess what? It's better than about ninety percent of the stuff that's out there that's computer animated. It's animated better yeah. than ninety percent of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I think this has this probably has a lot to do with Bandai Visual and their uh, their attention to how they make um, how they like do the reformatting of DVDs and stuff. But I watched uh, Gunbuster on uh, on a PS3 on a 1080p TV, which uh, with HDMI, and it looked better than some Blu-ray rips out there. Like, yeah, you know what? You can have a nice, you know, really. I'll take Macross Frontier as an example. Macross Frontier is a wonderfully animated things at, uh, show at times, but. Mm-hmm. There are times when uh, you get get ready for the Street Fighter uh, cover up here when Shoosh. looks busted. All right, oh, 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 times oh. you get you get some you get some weird proportions. You get some people looking kind of kind of kind of kind of nasty. Actually, but, my only complaint about Frontier is Ronka. <laughs> yes, we're, we're not well doing that again. I'm just <laughs> saying. You're, you're, you're out, you are outnumbered here. There are two pedos. <laughs> two pedos. There you can see the real pedo bear Gatai. <laughs> The pedal buster will form. Uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that pedal buster on. <laughs> oh man! All right, but yeah, you know what? You're gonna look at this. And you're gonna see some of the best attention to detail. Some of the most, some of the best drawn animation. Period. And I, if you have, you don't even go into it with an open mind. Just watch it. And if you can just say that it looks still looks horrible, you're stupid. Just straight up. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. You're you're it. There. I, I agree. You tie anybody up clockwork or in style and make them watch this still. <laughs> I'm confident they'll change their tune. Funny you should oh. mention that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but, uh, yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm hopping off the bus for now, but uh, there may be another, uh, maybe another uh, spin around. Ooh. Thank you, my friends. So, our last... Um, item to discuss on Gunbuster is the uh, compilation movie, which um, most of us have not seen, but I believe uh, both of our pedo bears have, so I'll turn this over to them. Thoughts on how the compilation movie works as a movie, and uh, what sort of stuff does it cut out from the OAV, and is it worth watching? Um, I'll take this first. So, with the movie, so far as things get cut out, like half of episode one is cut. It goes straight from the training montage to them going up into space, so you don't have that silly cat fight. <laughs> and um, oh. then some of ep- episode two is in there. You get like the meeting Jung, but her and Cosme don't have a fu- their fight, and they're just acting all chummy in the bath. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the bit with the Luxion is in there. And then episode three is mostly in there with Smith and the first fight and that stuff. And then episode four, most of that's all in there. And episode five and six are there completely untouched. Okay. Oh, pretty cool. I, I remember you guys beforehand saying something about June being cut out. Most of the yeah, most part. The, the, fight, the fight with her and Cosme gets cut out. Man. Yeah, but she, 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 just, she basically becomes a 
completely cut out. Like that's what's kind of interesting about uh, about the movie is that, and it cuts out a lot of what I like about it. But it also it's actually not cut. Not I mean, with the exception of Young being cut out, which is a really really damn shame. It's not it's not that bad. It's still watchable. Um, right. uh, the thing is that like it's. As much as I really, really like it, I can see how for some people that there's there's a lot of uh, dead air. There, there can be dead air. So the editing, it's editing it, is sort of the balance because you lose a lot of the character thing, but it still works pretty well. Uh, it, yeah. It, the when we get to Die Buster, we'll talk more about you know so, how, so, how it horribly so, affects that. But it's so yeah. basically, you would say this is really don't watch the movie until you've seen the OVA. I, like, I'd say that while the movie is okay, there's no reason to watch it. If you see the, the OVA. OVA. Yeah, just watch right. the OVA. Okay. Just watch the OVA. I mean, unless, like, the movies are in Blu-ray, so if you want to watch it in, like, Blu-ray, yeah. Well, that's... what I'm saying well, is, even having, having seen it in Blu-ray, honestly, like, it looks good, but the DVD looks almost just as good. Like, there, there is, right. there's literally no reason. If you can have access to the OVA, just watch the OVA. It's, yeah, very much. There's nothing added. There's nothing added. So, yeah, that's all that's really to say. It's good on its own, but just watch the OVA. Okay. That's fine. All right. Well, I think the general consensus from all of us is watch this. If you haven't seen it yet, get the hell off your ass. And if yep. you have seen very, it, see Very it. little anime I've seen have even come close to how great it is. I think the only anime that's even come in the same league is Gal Gai Gar Final. Ooh. But that's still a few steps behind Gunbuster because you got a whole hmm. TV series to watch before, and Final does get kind of slow in the middle. But like in terms of like epicness, like Gun, like Gal Gai Gar Final is like just a few steps behind Gunbuster. Still, the Gunbuster still higher up there. I'm sure if there were more underage right. women in Galgar Final, it would probably be up there. <laughs> no. Would hurt. Well, you know, there's there's uh, there's, there's uh, that little girl Hana. So. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is is that too young to be a lolly? Um. She's a lolly and train. That's how she looks, anyways. The pedal bear's mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> dirty, dirty pedo bears. <laughs> well, uh, all of that being said, uh, I think that'll be the end for this segment. So we're going to be right back in a couple of minutes to pick up and discuss Aim for the Top 2 Die Buster. So you've been listening to the Pedal Bear Gatai, <laughs> aka Pedal Buster, on Gundam at MHQ. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, Ray? You tell me. You done lost your goddamn mind. This episode of Gundam is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Right now they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. GUN9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. .com domain names are as low as $749 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1 for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today. Gundam! Good kick, Lee. It was an accident. That's okay. We'll just say you tried to catch a cab.
This segment of Gun Damn at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, Gun Damn at MAHQ. And so, um, so this is the second part of the Pedo Buster episode. Um, those that live in the Central Florida area probably noticed if uh, the day that this is getting recorded, the sky just opened up and thunder has been crackling ever <laughs> since we started recording this episode. And uh, once again, uh, we're joined with uh, Pedo Bear North, and Pedo Bear South. Um, guys, say hello again. Get on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and uh, we're going to follow up uh, our Gumbuster, Diebuster um, reviews with uh, now going on Don, uh, Diebuster. And uh, this will be full of spoilers. And, we're, and unless you've never seen this show before, we're going to spoil everything for you. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just want to make that apparently clear to you because... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be spoiling everything for you. Uh, but this Not is... Not we, you. Oh, you too. Because <laughs> you know, Lelouch sees dead people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's the kid from The Sixth Sense? <laughs> Something like that. But, uh, but Die Buster, uh, actually, uh, an OVA done a couple years ago. It was like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, basically the sequel to Gum Buster, as we'll find out in the last episodes or so. Uh, we're showing the um, the misadventures or the kind of crazy adventures of a girl that's uh, called No-No. As we find out, she's uh, not she's not your average girl uh, when it comes to that. She's a little bit different and um, <laughs> you know, yeah, she's very special in a lot of ways. And uh, we, we see that a lot of things that are uh, within within uh, what we saw previously that now the Buster Machines there's, there's more than one in this one and there's uh, this special group called the Topless which is very funny and <laughs> 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 hey, hey, if you put in the Gun Buster time, the context it, it makes you laugh even more so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Topless are these special um, space pilots who have a special ability to uh, of course operate the Buster Machines and they're almost looked at as gods. And uh, we see a world that's looked in a way they're still dealing with the space monster um, problem, but not as much. But uh, up until recently when uh, we see No-No going, she kind of runs away from her home and goes to the city. And she, you know, in, in perfect uh, Gynex fashion in the 2000s, she's kind of the bumbling cute girl that, you know, she's at the diner breaking, breaking plates. I think she breaks more plates than <laughs> she has to pay more for broken plates than she makes in a day. Damn. Broken so, fridge, too. Broken fr- Yeah, that's right. She broke a fridge, too. Because <laughs> that industrial one is very expensive. And, um, you know, she's kind of uh, she's kind of ogled by some of these uh, pilots, these mecha pilots there. And, um, you know, because she's really cute and kind of stupid and stuff. And um, we see one of the topless makes her uh show she shows up there and shows her power and stuff and they kind of get a kinship and i'll go kind of with chris's um explanation of uh gum buster you know some things happen some things blow up <laughs> some things transform and um we have a grand glorious ending with uh planets moving people moving Goodness. uh people dying and uh peace for all the galaxy and kind of a twist ending that uh, kind of links it all together with the original show Gumbuster. So uh, just like what we did in the first uh, segment, uh, I'm going to go to one of the pedo bears, but this time I'm going to go to pedo bear North, my fellow Canadian, <laughs> Mr. Pedo bear North, your thoughts on die Buster, the OVA. Okay. Well, this time I'll load up the spoilers. Okay. That's fine. 
Well, so, we, we, we've already told them it's going to be spoiled, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... So, it's like Neil said, for episode starts out, we have Nono here kicking dogs and running away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she wants to be a space pilot, but she can't really, because as when she meets the topless named Lark, spelled L-A-L apostrophe, apostrophe C for some reason, um, that you need a special, like, be born... A special power in order to uh, pilot, pilot a blaster machine, be a, a um, space pilot. But anyways, the space monster attacks, and Lark pulls like pulls out her blaster machine and kicks its ass. They end up going into space, and Nono goes up with them. But Nono's fine, and she actually like kicks the space monster when before Lark er, before Lark kicks goes them. away with a nice rider kick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's what uh, it was referenced as late in the next episode. But anyways, she's fine up in space because it turns out she's a she's a gynoid, so she's just a robot with. So like she's a Gynax texture. android. <laughs> Very much complete with lifelike texture. Oh man. Oh, in- indeed, especially the texture part. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nono considers Lark her uh, Onesama this time and uh, follows her around like a puppy okay. with stars in her eyes but <laughs> Lark's kind of like she tries to come off as aloof so she doesn't want anything to do with Nono and it ends up Nono works with uh, the fraternity which is the group that uh, that organizes the topless because most of the topless there are minors because the topless ability like starts with puberty and then when you get older you expire so the fraternity is there because you basically kind of kind of kind of follows pedo bear. <laughs> once you once you once you hit a certain point, it's like you expired in pedo bear's life. I mean, the term topless itself was originally a derogatory term because like X-rays and stuff don't can't penetrate their head, so it's like there's no brain in there. So that's why they call them topless. Oh wow! Because yeah. there's they can't see a brain. But of course, this is humorously uh, misinterpreted by Nono, who. Is like a topless, and then she covers her chest. <laughs> and then later in the episode, she has to tear her shirt off. And she's like, uh, Onesama, now I'm topless too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Nono gets taken into the fraternity. And episode 2 has a bunch of like stuff that's not a real consequence happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> including a bath scene. But yeah, there's a bad scene with Nono getting scrubbed down with a deck brush. That's a that's a little weird. And yeah, it was kind of weird. The the thing about Diebuster, it's extremely weirder because it's done by the same guy who did uh, FLCL. Yeah, it, which and it shows there. It shows everything's yeah. a lot more organic. Like and the same I, screenwriter as uh, FLCL too. Yeah. So like the um, Buster machines, they're more like organic sentient beings in their own right they're not just robots and they can do stuff like they can teleport out of like the topless's shadow so like Snuff, which is um lark's buster machine can like stick his just his hand out to like do stuff or whatever mm-hmm. and things moves a lot more like fluid in the first episode there was like a pretty cool fight scene with Snuff against the uh space monster there and i like it because like she's like punched it and like kneeing it and like tossing it around so it's a pretty cool fight. And episode two is kind of weird, where you're introduced <laughs> with the other <laughs> members of the fraternity. Uh, mainly, uh, there's Cassio, who is like the ex-topless. Yeah. He's, supposed, he's supposed to be the coach this time around, but he's kind of more of a 
Bumpin'. Lazy guy. Lazy guy. I Lazy. laugh because I, I see Casio and I think of a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Chico, who is uh, a younger girl who has a uh, sort of rivalry with uh, Lark. For, like, Deliciously the, younger. Yeah. Yes. They have, like, points and stuff. And, anyways, and then there's uh, Nicola, who's the older, like, cool leader type guy who Lark has a crush on. And, um... Another space monster comes out and attack, but then you got like the uh, space force there, like, oh, we don't need those topless. We can take care of these monsters with our own new spaceships, which look like giant flying sperm with teeth. Yeah, <laughs> the whale ships. Yeah, which gets even weirder when Nicolo uses his uh, exotic maneuver, which is like the, the topless's special power. He like makes these battleships into organic, so like the teeth on front will open up and they bite. Mm -hmm. This is just weird. So anyways, they like beat the space monster, and then in episode 3, they go to Jupiter, which has a interesting shout-out to uh, the original Gunbuster, where Jupiter, like we all know what happened to it at the end of Gunbuster, Jupiter is now a... <laughs> Jupiter is now a uh, Excellion-class uh, battleship, but it's like inverted, and people are living inside of it, and they have to fight this thing called the Jupiter Express, which is a bunch of space monsters. Episode 3 is kind of... Well, pointless. It focuses me in the end. Wow. It, it's, it focuses on Tico and her backstory. And I like Tico and all, but she's just a side character. Like, but, but what about... Get a few... But she's cute and she's young. Yeah, what what she's... about her DFCs, man? Yeah. Well, Lark has her own uh, set of DFCs, too. The, and she's go. Canadian. Very un underdeveloped there. No, it's Canadian, not Canadian. Uh, every, every time I saw Canadian. that, though, I thought Canadian. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know that's what they were saying, though. Oh my God. They're making and, fun and of the Canadians. Um, like, Tico, she trashes her buster machine, and mm -hmm. there's a new one that rolls out, so her and Nono are fighting over who gets to pilot it. You see under her password, some boy she liked died, but she was unable to do it, so she doesn't like toplesses because she can save him. But she gets this, like, tennis-looking buster machine and, like, freezes everything or whatever. The princess yeah. of tennis. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like as we said earlier, like the title itself was taken from uh, a tennis anime. So yeah, episode three I rated lower because like Tico's just a side character. Like it would be nice to get some info in her background, but they didn't need a whole episode dedicated to her. Right. So it's kind of just felt like wasted time. But then oh episode man. Four, this, this is crazy though because you're you're Miss Topeto Bear North. Like because... I said, I like, I like Tico, but I can still recognize where it's like, yeah, we're kind of wasting yeah. time here. Which Hold is on. why in the movie version it's completely cut out. Okay. Oh, man. So Why did you spoil the movie version for oh. our, our fans? <laughs> for the listeners already. So, then we jump to episode 4, which like Gunbuster episode 4 is where things get turned up to 11, where they go to um, Titan. The Spinal Tap episode. <laughs> <laughs> They, they go to Titan where um, they're excavating... What? Titans? <laughs> <laughs> they're excavating this ancient uh, bus... Camila's a man's name! He's <laughs> <laughs> a man. So, they're excavating this ancient buster machine, and Nona's like, oh, I'm going to be the one to pilot it, but these, uh, there are these two chicks called the uh, Serpentine Twins, mm -hmm. who are, like, yeah. been toplesses for ages. Yeah, you and creepy. Yeah, they're really creepy. Ugh. So, um... <laughs> so Pedo Bear South with the sound of disgust. 
way too old. They may be they may be young looking, but uh. no, no, they got they got, they got, well, they, got just... the, they got the old lady wrinkles on their face. That's not the trap where to be sprung if I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, they just wear makeup layers and makeup ink. The uh, they're the Joan Rivers of the topless. They they send uh, <laughs> way to to Pluto because they're like, oh hey, we found this old buster machine that's kind of wrecked there, and you can go pilot or whatever. And um, so she goes off to Pluto, and then they and they wake up the the old buster machine on Titan, but they they um, twins reveal that oh it's not a buster machine, it's an ancient topless, and then. As soon as it starts rising up, you hear the Buster Machine March going in there. Oh, yeah. Tell them off about it, and what should pop up but an original cruiser-class space monster from Gunbuster. Yeah. <laughs> Takes you back. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was, like, quite the big reveal. It's like, holy crap, it's a space monster. It's like, you, oh, it, what the it, f*** were they fighting uh, before? If, if yes, you didn't think this was a sequel, it, now, it's now, think, now it nothing is. better, yeah. yeah. So... Like, the space monster pretty much that like, kills the twins, kills most of the other toplesses that were gathered there, and, um... I'm so glad it killed the twins. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And then you... There's kind of a creepy bit there where, um... The, the key to the twins' long lives as topless is because they were eating this mysterious meat. Yeah. Oh. And then it's revealed that the meat they were eating were space monster meat. Teton crap? Oh, God. And then, like, Nico, he had some. He's like, that's what that meat was. <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, raises some questions. Like, wait, the toplesses are, like, space monsters? So, um, no, no, or... Uh, Lark and uh, Tico, they're almost about to get blasted, but... Off on Pluto, the Nono's surrounded by the other space monsters from the beginning, and... She kind of wakes up to who she is because the Buster machine that was on Pluto was just a skeleton. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of remembers who she really is. And all of a sudden, Lark and uh, Tigger are about to be blasted. And what should happen? But boom, 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 boom. And then Nono comes. Uh, she comes rising out of the ground. She's wearing this uh, red and white uh, um, battle outfit now. She's got her arm crossed in the trademark Gainax pose. And. <laughs> she warps out in front of him and she she introduces herself as Buster Machine number seven and she proceeds to and the, the other space monsters they were fighting were actually uh, Buster Machines too that she controls mm -hmm. and so they take on the space monsters and Nono blasts it with her Buster Beam that goes straight through Titan and then she splits her fingers across and it slices the whole moon in half <laughs> Along with uh, the space monster, so so then Nono comes floating back down into Decent's hand, which is a, a parallel to uh, episode four of Gunbuster, where uh, Noriko had Gunbuster's hand open and Cosme is the one that floated into it. So a nice parallel there. Then Very it jumps nice. to episode five, where you see Nono is um, hailed as the hero of the galaxy and all that, and Topless, which were once regarded as the heroes, are now regarded as people with a horrible disease and they're all quarantined and stuff so that's quite an interesting whiplash where before the topless was like a desired position everybody wanted to be one that uh, they were all scared about like not being toplesses anymore mm -hmm. but now they're regarded as diseased because they're similar to the space monsters 
quite the reversal of fortune. To explain this, which they find it like they point out the irony to it, where um, the, uh, the the Buster Machine space monster things they were left to shut off uh, the the our galaxy from everything else, mm-hmm. our solar system. So that's why like space and the whole thing is all red. And um, over time, those Buster Machines ironically evolved to appear like space monsters, the thing they were designed to destroy. And then also, ironically, humans started evolving into things that gave off the same feel that space monsters did, which is why they were always attacking the topless, and that's why they were looking for Nono, because Nono is their queen. So they go, and um, there's a new... uh, I forget which number of planet it is, but there's a new planet in the solar system called the Black Hole Excelio, Mm -hmm. which has been sealed off, and it's the black hole formed from when... um, and episode 5 of Gunbuster where they blew up the Excellion to get a black hole to suck up all the space monsters that were coming to the galaxy. So basically what happened is there's a black hole there, but that black hole is like splitting apart because all the space monsters that got compressed into it formed into an aggregate form. Mm-hmm. So they go, they try to seal it out, but the thing eventually breaks out and it's this humongous space monster that's like bigger than the Earth. And they, they uh, uh, Lark had been dragging so of course Lark's all got like this inferiority complex that like oh no now known as the one with all the power and she's the one who's useless and but uh, during they like the fleet gets uh, their asses handed to them by this giant space monster then so, um, Lark steps up and she summons D D Sniff and they take it on. Mm-hmm. She ends up throwing the core of uh, Jupiter two, which uh, got also sucked into the uh, black hole and she like somehow tosses it at the space monster, but it doesn't really work. <laughs> uh, yeah, you throw a planet at this thing and it doesn't work. It just bounces off. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they were going to go in for like a suicide run, like that was the suggestion, but for some reason Nono just flies away. So they all <laughs> Do this on your own. <laughs> I ain't doing this. Yeah. So, um, le- le- led by led by a guy that looks suspiciously like the uh, admiral from the uh, original Gunbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. old looking man. So yeah, Nono leaves. So everybody's like, oh no, she's uh, abandoned us. We're doomed. And then episode six jumps in where um, it's a while later, and they're all evacuating the Earth. And uh, once again, the toplesses are the heroes, and Lark is all like, oh, she's the mover of planets, and um, like she has assassination attempts and stuff on her too. So the um, giant space monsters head for Earth. They have like a final like farewell kind of thing. They take like a class photo with all the toplesses, and they go, and then they rely on their final weapon, which is a Buster Machine Dude's Meal, which you'll never guess what it does. <laughs> giant wireframe that goes around the Earth with a bunch of engines, and its whole point is to smash the Earth into the space monster. Yeah, what, what, so what a great plan. Earth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you're making your own home planet into a a ramming weapon? Yeah, and you're going to use this. I guess this, after this so many years of having uh, big nasty things thrown at it, it's the Earth's turn to be thrown at something. <laughs> we're running out of we're running out of stuff to throw. <laughs> Go out fighting. So, yeah, the bus the Deuce Meal sends the Earth at the uh, at the space monster, but as soon as it's going through warp, you got the old buster machine mark breaks out again and this giant portal opens up and now comes out this giant red robot and the robot stops Zeus meal and then introduces itself as a uh, die buster 
So we don't even get the title robot until the, the last, last half of the last episode. <laughs> That's another epic entrance, though. It's just and, and, and somewhere Tomino laughed, and somewhere <laughs> Tomino clapped because he's like, the guys that guy next are not a bitch to their company, like I am to Sunrise. Because <laughs> if it was up to me, the victory would not have shown up till the last five minutes of the final episode. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a great entrance to where no, like the Diebuster like pulls like apart space basically with her hands and then just pulls herself out. So basically, Diebuster is all that the red Milky Way. It's all combined together into this giant robot that's about as tall as the Earth. So there's your. Uh, for a while, it's like, oh, this is the biggest robot ever because Gunbuster itself was pretty big, mm-hmm. like twice the size of Ideon, and Ideon's pretty big. Yeah, Gunbuster it... was 500 meters, I think. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, any, anyways. But but Ideon more destructive. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> anyways, I guess. So so Diebuster tries to fight off the space monster Red Lark. You saw that to the little girl that got her head blown off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so but Lark attacks Nono because she's mad that Nono just up and left like that, and she was saying. Yeah, it's like a lesbian like, fight. They're they're mad at each other. Sweet. I wouldn't say lesbians, but oh, I, would. Lark, I don't know like, about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sounds good but, to me. Lark saying stuff like um, Chris I, just came back in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I heard things that were relevant to my interests. <laughs> Anyways, Lark is all mad because Nono just like up and left, and she would have been. Lark says things like she would have been fine no matter what happened, so long as Nono stayed her friend. Because I've kind of glossed over, like, they get, like, really chummy over the whole series. Oh, That's, like, so one chummy. of the main focuses is that their their relationship and the friendship that forms between them and how, like, even if they're not special, they're still friends. So that's really it's more Friends important. to the end, man. So anyways, and it takes, like, at that moment when Lark is beating up on uh, Diebuster that her powers expire so she kind of floats dead in space there and then die buster takes on the space monster with like buster beams and it has him a kicks and stuff like that but she gets her ass kicked pretty much because this space monster is like pulling around the black hole with it so um basically like she fires a beam and the beam gets sucked around the black hole and fired back at her Jeez. and she has to protect the earth because the space monster like fires at the earth and stuff so she's yeah. getting thoroughly trounced and Lark's wondering what to do, and uh, she remembers like things that Nono's been saying. Because the whole series, Nono has been idolizing this space pilot called Nono Riri, and she says, and it's like, oh, she's Nono Riri was just a special girl, or normal girl, girl without any powers and stuff like that. Gee, I wonder who that could be. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll spoil it. Yes. Well, yeah, I guess in uh, episode five there, when just spoil it. No, it wasn't five. It was still six. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter. Just freaking spoil it, Christ! Come on, come on, do it. Do it, spoil it. <laughs> well, Noriko, obviously. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you did when that. When she was found by her, like, old scientist guy, the first thing she says was, uh, no, no, re, re, co, which is quite obvious there. So anyways, um, Lark gets remotivated, and she's trying to convince Deep decent enough to start fighting again and he does by pulling the horn out of his eye which uh and then lark goes up this emergency passage into his head to find surprise a gunbuster style cockpit inside decent's head beautiful and then there's a bag there's a bag in there that has a very familiar outfit inside of it oh yeah or clothes pop up changes into it it's the i i I love at that point that all her clothes go off except her panties 
so she has to bend over to take her pants off. The Japanese are they're they're some they're some horny bastards, aren't they? And then during uh, Gunbuster episode six, uh, uh, Lark pulls her shirt off because yeah. it's a uh, motion sensor thing. Yeah. So D Snow pulls his own chest open and he grabs one of the boobies guarded and uh, Buster Corpse machine to get a degeneracy reactor and sticks it in his own chest. And he awakens to his true form as Buster Machine number eighteen. Woo! Awesome. Or number nineteen, pardon. And uh, so then she gives uh, No No a speech that it doesn't matter how big your body is and stuff. What matters is hard work and guts. There you go. And so No No flies out of Buster. Die Buster, which is pretty smashed up, and together they do the uh, the um, double anasma kick, and that somehow that's enough to plow through the space monster there, and actually cracks the uh, singularity of the black hole. So it's like, oh no, we're gonna have a new Big Bang, and <laughs> Nono does something, and she becomes like giant hands that like warp yeah. elsewhere or something, and then it jumps to uh, like they have like this, they're they go into like subspace or something, and they have this goodbye with each other, which, uh, like, Nono's, like, sticking her hand into her chest like Evangelion style and, like, pulls out, like, a paper crane for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, and it, some might not get it, but it's just kind of like, okay, that, yeah, that just happened. So then it jumps, like, ten years later, where Lark is working at, like, a nature preserve on Earth, and then she's, like, uh, she's talking to Tico on the phone, saying, like, oh, hey, the observatory confirmed it, so it's going to happen tonight. And then all the um, all the lights around from like the seas all turn up. And then Lark monologues about, oh, that girl you uh, looked up to is returning home tonight. And then you mm. see the star slowly moving in the sky, and then it splits into two red things. And then it goes to a text screen that says, that night Buster machines one and two, and their pilots returned home. It says, welcome home. And then that's the end of that. So what would you think? It, <laughs> yeah, so I've been waiting to hear for like 20 minutes while you gave this like summary of every single I mean, thank you, for, thank you for giving the summary, but what do you think about the show? <laughs> Sorry for being long-winded. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. I just... So, Die Buster, it's good. It's as good as Gun Buster, no. But it's still up there as like really like you, it's something you should watch. Like I said before, episode 3 is kind of like, it's kind of a pointless episode. Like, it doesn't really add that much. So me and there's there, and then episode five, I didn't find all that nothing really exciting going down, especially compared to like episode five of Gunbuster. And but episode six was definitely like really good. Episode four was really good. Awesome. So well, not as good as Gunbuster. It's still really good in its own right. And Nono's pretty pretty likable, but not as much as uh, Noriko because Nono doesn't have as much like development. Right. Like he's mostly keeps her happy-go-lucky attitude for most of it. The the real like star of the show, I think, is Lark, who goes through definitely the most change. Yeah. Like right. she tries to come off as aloof, like, oh, I'm I'm the tough girl. I I don't need friends. I don't need you to. Oh, you, mean, you, you, you mean the you mean the sister of the girl from FLCL? <laughs> <laughs> so, but she opens up, and her and Nono get along pretty well, and she Ooh. does consider her a true friend. Lark definitely has the most character development. Like, it's definitely, I'd say, her show more than Nono's. Nono's just there to, like, change Lark. All right. Well, so the consensus of Pedo Bear North is watch it. It may not be as good as Gumbuster, but it's still good. <laughs> is that what you've been trying to tell us for 20-something minutes? <laughs> <laughs> the next 
the next person we're going to go to. I'm gonna we'll cut most of that out, right? I'm gonna break this up a little <laughs> bit because you know what? We're gonna go to Soulboro. What are your thoughts of Die Buster? Oh, you man. thought I was going to Petter Bear South, Woo! but no, I'm not. I'm going well, to putting you right on the spot. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, and unprepared yes. as usual. <laughs> <laughs> your well, outlines, your outlines up here. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if, to be honest, um, mecha design, uh, Seiyu, uh, all, character design, all that, <laughs> all those details. Anything you need to talk about, and I'll probably mention none of them. <laughs> right. but, <laughs> no, um, uh, your it, feelings, it, sir. Die Buster, <clears throat> it, it is a bit of on the wacky side compared to Gunbuster, but you know it has a charm to it that makes it likable too um i did <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i did um uh, i didn't uh, you know at first i didn't see L- lark as the main character but you know by episode two and so on and so forth it, it's it showed that if the show progressed in anything it progressed from shifting the main focus from no no to to lark and by the series end i saw lark as the main character and you know i i agree um i don't think that uh no no changed much throughout the course of the show but then again you know it's a very short series and it really didn't focus i mean there were there were some episodes dedicated to other characters as as also previously mentioned but for the most part um it it really was an enjoyable watch it really didn't stand out to me though until the last uh two episodes episode five i liked a little bit because it kind of showed when um when uh when nona was discovered and it had little bits and pieces in there that were okay, especially um, how it ended. But well, epi- what did you say to me before we started recording? You said, because uh, this was really your first time of watching Die Buster, yeah. you said the final episodes what kind of saved yeah, it for you. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely going, um, the, the, uh, pretty much it, that's that's true. When I when I watched Die Buster, it seemed to be an okay show to watch, but that last episode blew me out of the water, especially the last three minutes. I had to watch it over again. The last three minutes... <laughs> 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 well, well, way to go! <laughs> but uh, just as Peter said, the last three minutes of that series, when they show you ten, 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 uh, ten years in the future, mm-hmm. um, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. And the show is really clever on masking when it takes place. Um, you know what? When when the events fall into place, I never. I always thought it was going to be after Gunbuster, but never thought during the time. In between the the lapse of time that um, Norco and um, Amano were, you didn't away get the subtle her. hints when like they were talking about how the Buster machines were like from forty generations ago. Like I, I knew it was in the future, but I thought it was like past the point that um that they got back to Earth. Not twelve thousand years in the future. Not 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 like yeah. right before the two girls got. back. That was always the funny thing about Gunbuster. It was and like three years later, fifteen years later, <laughs> twelve thousand years yeah, later. They're throwing time in you. What? They're throwing time in your face like yeah, dollars at like, a strip club, and you know? they're still young. <laughs> And Noriko's <laughs> and Noriko's still seventeen. Oh, win for the pedos. All right. <laughs> I keep getting older. They keep getting the same age. I'm in my forties, but she's just sixteen. You need you, you need you need you need to use that drop. I I have the movie days and confused. I might just close the episode out with it. But yeah, just just to see how it bookends the original Gunbuster makes it worth watching all by itself. Yes. And yes. um, I, if for those who didn't want to be spoiled, I'm sorry you listened to this. Well, but, we, we warn you. We warn but you. I went I went into this not knowing anything about Die Buster and at the end the end result I was very pleased to have watched okay. it and that's that's what I gotta say well that's what Solbro has to say is Solbro guarantee on this one yeah I'll give it one okay <laughs> not times two though not times two not okay. like Gunbuster oh okay. hell no <laughs> well you think I would go to Pedal Bear South but I'm gonna save him for last I'm gonna go to um, <laughs> yourself the, the burping phenom Chris Guanche you make me stop my beer drinking to actually talk oh yeah <laughs> Damn it. How many did you have during Peter's soliloquy? I, ca- I lost count. <laughs> <laughs>
I killed the twelve pack, Dern. <laughs> the thing about Die Buster is it's immediately apparent that um, it's been influenced by FLCL as mm-hmm. pretty much almost every post FLCL production of Gynax has been. Yeah. You know, it's got the same right hand director, so it's got that same sort of animation style of Hell, it's got that same damn scooter. <laughs> That too. That damn scooter shows up in every one of their friggin' shows. You know, that high... Energy. High-paced, kind of crazy, frenetic animation. And that's something that makes this stand out a lot from the original Gunbuster, which definitely was a product of its time. And you notice immediately that uh, they're certainly gone in a more um, sort of fantasy-ish direction than Gunbuster, since, as we mentioned, Gunbuster tried to ground itself in realistic science, Mm -hmm. but... um, Failed horribly. Yeah. Here they're they're certainly going in the opposite direction with you know exotic maneuvers and you know Locke doing stuff like she takes off her um, topless patch on her forehead and freaking Duke Sniff comes out of her shadow and starts punching stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a stand on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Star Platinum. It's like wait, where? What's the scientific explanation for that? I don't I don't know what that is. You know, I enjoyed Die Buster on its own, and uh, I certainly am not of the opinion that that the last episode saves it. I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and I didn't have any problems with uh, some of the episodes like uh, like Peter did. It certainly adds to it, you know, the direction they go in the end, you know, just the epic battle of um, the freaking planet Earth being thrown. Yeah, how, how often do you see where every anime, they're always trying to save the planet Earth, but in this one, they're like, you know what, the way we're going to save humanity is to just get rid of the planet Earth. <laughs> we're just going to throw it right into them. Chuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why not get rid of, like, Mercury or Venus or Mars or something? But it's like, why are you getting rid of the birthplace of humanity? <laughs> With those old-ass fossils from, uh, from uh, what is it, the uh, Red Dragon Clan of uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, How are the boobs in this one, Chris? I approve. Okay. Uh, no, no, you know, uh, for, for an android, as, um, as was mentioned earlier, she has a very nice texture to her, including her boobs, which are... Uh, Fabulously animated, so... And her nipples. There, there's a couple nipple animations that are very, very outstanding. I, I give it uh, two thumbs up. Or maybe three thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you count as a, th- uh, as a thumb, right? <laughs> sure, you know. To each, to each his... To each his own. <laughs> Everybody knows that I love Maya Sakamoto and, and, and that I'm obsessed with her. The thing about Lauk is, um, you know, even as you see her developing throughout the series... She kind of still remains a somewhat bitchy character yeah. up until the end. She doesn't get it till the end. So that kind of, for me, detracts about her a little bit, actually. Yeah, she doesn't really kind of get it till the end. She doesn't really get it till the end, and she's just kind of... Even when she's friendly with Nono, yeah. she still is a little bit bitchy and dismissive. I mean, and, and after all the crap that you see, especially when the um, the monster goes against the twins, and you find the whole thing, and even the Nicole being such a scumbag trying to force himself on no no oh, yeah it's like you know and, and she was like you know i wish she would have done that to me oh. <laughs> and, yeah it's like your freaking friend almost got raped and you're yeah. angry at your friend what kind of a bitch are you yeah that that really bothered me when that came up so that that made me not like luck much up until the very end when you know she and uh and no no fought together and then the epilogue so i think you know, her characterization was something that could have been a bit better. So on the old MHQ front, what, what would you give this? Uh, I, I know it doesn't compare to the Soul Bro Guarantee, but <laughs> what would, uh, as a reviewer of, um, of MHQ, what would you give this, Mr. Chris? I'd give the series a whole a four. Okay. And, of course, uh, you can eventually, emphasis on eventually, read Peter's reviews for Gunbuster and Diebuster once Dale gets around to 
putting them up. Oh, maybe. Dale. Which probably will not be before this episode comes out. It's a good thing we like Dale. Hold out hope. Maybe you could, you know, if you want to see him, maybe you can start an online petition. Yes. <laughs> Actually, uh, what, what's Dale's email? <laughs> I'll get right on there. <laughs> Send all emails to. <laughs> all right. Pedal Bear South, break, break, it, break it down to us. Yes, it is very heavily influenced by Sakuti, but it, it stands on its own. It, it's a, I like that it took a very, very different approach. And, uh, yeah, you know, I definitely, the animation is gorgeous, but I, I personally prefer Gunbuster, the hand-drawn stuff. That's just, that's just how I'm wired. But mm-hmm. it's funny, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I, you know, it's bitchy, but I'm hoping and putting on the, uh, the original, and yeah, I'm going to spoil, I'll jump into spoilers right here. Yeah. Uh, we've already we've already warned people. Yeah, I know I watched Doug's in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and um, that I mean I I love it. I uh, I put it under Gunbuster, but only because of my preference for uh for hand animation. And um, it also has uh, Yukari Fukui, who is uh, Nia's voice actress, and uh, oh, that yeah. makes me a very very happy bear. And, <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, oh, oh. a very happy bear. And they even have the same kind of funny eyes. Same, she had the same eyes, yeah. the things in there. And, was so and Solbra said earlier, she had stars in her eyes. Well, just my thoughts, because uh, I'm the last one to talk about it. I'm, I'll be actually the crazy one. Uh, I, I like this just as much as I like Gumbuster. Wow. Uh, I don't. Gumbuster, I think, yeah, I agree with you guys. It is a little bit more character-driven, but these two show, these two OVAs show the the pretty much the way that um Gynax has gone throughout its uh, you know throughout its existence you know they they seem to be more of when they started they were more of kind of a character introspective they're more into the character drama some of that things and you know as we see since the the FLCL days on you know that whole kind of manic kind of craziness that's what we see in this and you know Without Die Buster, I really wonder what Garen Lagan would be. Because yeah. you, 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 when you see Die Buster, because I'll be honest, I saw it a couple years ago, Die Buster. I never watched the end. I watched up to episode four. And um, I didn't really know. I kind of put it together when I was watching it, but I didn't really know that it was going to be like the sequel or the spiritual successor of Gunbuster. It, but it didn't. it doesn't really bother me that much. So... Um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a little bit different, and they are kind of it, it's it's almost like doing apples and oranges when it goes to these two shows. But it is nice at the end of of Die Buster that you have you know what was the final scene of Gumbuster and um, you know that stuff there. But um, is it bad? No, and I, I do like the fact that is it is one of those OVAs that you can watch. It's part of a timeline. It's part of a franchise, but you can watch this and not be completely lost in the whole situation. So, um, you know, I, I think it's good, but, um, outside of that, uh, I don't know if I'd give it the soul bro guarantee, but, but you know, I can't do that cause I'm not soul bro. No, you're not. But, um, thank goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need two soul bros. Yeah, I know. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think this is, um, you know, is it, is it got that actual passion of the first gun buster? No, but, I don't think it's trying to be that, and I think that's probably what's nice is because sometimes the problem that you have with things that are kind of successors or sequels of a 
especially of an anime that's you know was done many years before um you sometimes see them trying to be too much like that original uh that original anime and mm-hmm. and, and you don't get that from die buster and i think that's a welcome change and yeah it's pretty to look at and you know all that stuff and you know no no is very nice to look at especially <laughs> her boobs and all that but mm-hmm. in the end it's its own show even though at the at the end of the show you see the you see the tie between the two ovas so but um, anything else, guys, before we uh, move on? Any pedo bear action? Anything else you guys need to speak about? Or forever speak or hold your tongue? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, we haven't talked about the, uh, the movies. Oh, the movies. For... I'm sorry. We did not talk about the movies. I have not seen the movies. Solbro, have you seen the movies? Not at all. Chris, have you seen the movies? Nope. Uh, pedo bear North? Yep. Pedo bear South? Yep. All right. Quickly, just some differences. Um, I'll go with Petabear South on this one first. Don't watch it. Okay. Petabear North. Um. <clears throat> the, Don't yeah, tell I, us shot by shot what's the difference. Just <laughs> oh, if, if it's not a watch, many, you could say. There's <laughs> not that many differences. Like lots, some stuff has been cut out. Yeah, like episode three has been cut out completely. But the advantage that the Divebuster movie has over the Gunbuster one is that because Divebuster is more recent. They could actually reanimate, like, animate new scenes for it. Okay. Whereas since Gunbuster was so old, they couldn't really catch that style again, right? So like, you'll have scenes like, bad. like at the beginning of the first battle, you have like Nono like kind of swimming through space towards Lark because Nono didn't uh, didn't take out the space monster. It was just uh, Lark saw her floating dead there, kind of, and then flew it away, and then Nono's just like flying to her, and it's like, oh wait, you're alive. And um, there are other like minor tweaks, like when Divebuster first comes out, uh, they added a scene where she actually like stands on top of the dude's meal ring oh. before it goes to the shot of her, because in the right. in the original, kind of doesn't look right. Cause she just kind of comes up, and all of a sudden she's standing there, it's like what she's standing on, what she's standing on, he's meal there. So. Pretty much the same opinion as Gunbusters movie, where it's good, it, it's okay by it's on its own, but just watch the OVA, the original OVA. Okay, well you hear you heard it here first. So, <laughs> uh, 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 hopefully, all you people aren't as you know, you know, kind of trick like I was one day when I walked into my local video store and I saw, oh my God, Gunbusters on uh, Blu-ray. Oh, it's the movie. <laughs> Same, that's the reaction. Yeah, exactly. So concludes, unless there's anything else from either Pedo Bear North, Pedo Bear South, Soul Bro, or Chris. Nope. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right. Tapped out. So concludes our review of Die Buster, and so concludes the unification of the Pedo Bears. <laughs> Something that you never thought you would here and and to be honest being right here in in, in orlando and Solberg can attest this looking out my uh my patio window looks like god's about to return <laughs> so uh and we have to have a dedicated uh lolly show you know all, 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 all the time i'll be honest with you the thing that you guys mentioned off there about the east and west pedal bears <laughs> and the four of you uniting i'm scared the center and super Holy cast i am scared that's the, the four horsemen um, of the apocalypse right there. That, 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 this so concludes the unification of the Pedo Bears, our review of Die Buster, the OVA, and parts of the movie. Uh, you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. We'll be back in a little bit with more Soul Bro bashing. <laughs> <laughs>
Let us do no such goddamn thing. Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. Hi, I'm Mitsugi. And I'm Hatake. And we're the hosts of Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast, aaapodcast.com. Listen up, anime fans. Do you find yourself spending tons of money on anime DVDs and merchandise? Wishing you drove a Gundam to work instead of your car? Singing J-pop music in the shower? If you do any of these things, you might be an anime addict. At the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, we have one mission, to turn your anime addiction into an obsession. We entertain our listeners with current anime news, celebrity guest hosts, hilarious discussion topics, and fair, unbiased review on current and past anime. Here are a few testimonials. I used to be a total anime noob. Now I know so much about anime that I can say, Spike was caught riding on a Tachkoma eating Poppy wearing a Hidden Leaf Village headband while looking at a foldout of Revy in a Death Note, and know exactly what that means. Now that I listen to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, I never have to watch a bad anime again. They watch them, so I don't. So visit us at aaapodcast.com and submit anime review requests on our forum and tune in on iTunes so you can always have the latest in news and reviews. So get obsessed with Anime Addicts at the AAA. And remember, we're here for you. Brandon was just a dork who wanted to shoot lightning out of his hands like Gundam Ryu from Street Fighter. <laughs> so I waved my magic wand and brought this lightning bolt legend out to Hollywood, where the nerd always gets the girl. And so concludes episode 56 of Gundam and MHQ. It's, it's pretty appropriate. It would be the Lawrence Taylor episode of uh, Gundam and MHQ because it deals with young women. And oh, uh, any, any sports fans know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. Um, but it, if you're listening to this, it means the earth did not explode because we had the first ever meeting and of uh, Pedal Bear North and Pedal Bear South. They actually were on the same recording with us. Thank God not in the same room. Yeah, I know. Whew. We actually talked about um, something that is in all Pedal Bear's hearts. Gunbuster and Diebuster. Oh, man. We talked about both the OVAs and the movies of each um, each series, uh, Gunbuster and Diebuster. But before we go, Chris, uh, any MHQ news before we uh, move on? Uh, just some new sections coming out in the next few weeks, so uh, keep your eyes open, and that's all I'll say for now. Okay. Solbro, any, uh, anything is on the Solbro front? Oh, nothing much. Just, okay. just the usual. And yeah. what would that be? Um, the, the, the links? <laughs> oh, okay, uh, well, we'll get to that. Well, I, I, I didn't know if there was anything else with like oh. um, 
there was like a new uh, Ryu video on YouTube oh. where he does oh. like some type of new <laughs> special attack that wasn't known before or something like that. Well, I started a new channel on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash shinstationfighttube. If you go there, you can catch um, recordings of fights. That um, Is this about Capcom stuff? Hey, man, it's I'm going to have to say no because <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling the general on this. General, will, will you allow me to channel you? Hey, uh, screw, <laughs> screw Capcom. Well, you know, maybe fights with him will be featured one day as soon as I get that PS3, maybe towards the end of the year. So, you know, PS3 coming soon, as the channel says, and you'll find fights up there from Blaze Blue and Super Street Fighter 4 and other games to come. So, enjoy. And um, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we, we're going to have to edit that out. I'm sure you will. Yes, we will. Being that you edit. Yes, I do. <laughs> in general, we need you on the next episode, or one of these episodes. We need to keep Solbro in check here. Spare me from that. But as Solbro, before we leave, the 94 different links and emails and websites that we're linked to. And useless all contacts. No, I'm, I'm, by all means, head on over to mahq.net. The Mecha and Anime Headquarters, the all-new Mecha and Anime Headquarters. And also, uh, mechatalk.net is the official forums for mahq.net, as well as um, you'll find Gundam's um, official forum there as well. And gundam.net is the main website for our podcast. You can find uh, episode notes and links to previous episodes there, as well as uh, links to our sponsors, uh, Petco and GoDaddy. And make sure to support them and, and get those deals through them. Also, um, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Zune, and Facebook, as well as uh, other what social the hell networking is a sites. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can, you can also reach us by email by going to Gundam dot uh, sorry Gundam M A H Q at gmail dot com, and you can find us on Twitter at MAHQ's official Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash M-A-H-Q-D-O-T-N-E-T. And always remember, folks, any petitions, online petitions, SBRMHQ at gmail.com. And uh, if you're on uh, on Facebook, remember, uh, after they steal all your personal information, you can say hi to us on Facebook. Oh, also, also, I meant to mention, <laughs> you can find, we have a group now started for Gundam on Facebook. Just, oh, we do? Just type in Gundam and you'll find us. It, it'll come right up and you can feel What exciting that. things are on that group. Hey, man, just the, the new episodes when they're posted and new polls when we put them up. So check it out and participate. And uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, that that is episode 56, uh, the unification of the pedo bears, <laughs> north and south. This is this is almost rivals uh, the unification of East and West Germany to an extent. I, I don't know how this is going to work on the economic scale. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't do what it did back then to us. But um, Chris, anything else? Um, I know I'd asked you earlier, but I just want to make sure. Outside of, um, you know, I didn't know if anything else came up there. No? All right. Well, there's a there's a party van pulling up in front of my house, so maybe I should go check out what's going on. All right. Well, the party van's at Chris's house. We're, fly- we're quickly flying down to Miami to meet up with that. We'll be there in 15 minutes, Chris. <laughs> You're listening to uh, Gundam and MHQ. Uh, this is episode 56. We'll be back in a few weeks with episode 57. What we will talk about, it's got to deal with giant robots in some way, shape, or form, so we'll talk to you then. All right. Peace out. For untold generations, we've been warned to never unseal the canopy that keeps us safe. This mysterious surface of yours doesn't exist. Like hell it doesn't. I've seen it myself. Look up. That's the surface. This big mug fell from the surface. From above the ceiling. 
Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. Seems so old. My man, what just happened? Long time, no see. <laughs> yes, sir. What have you been up to? Same old shit, man. Yeah? Working for the city. Working man, huh? Been thinking about getting back in school, though, man. Back in JC or something like that? Yeah, man. I mean, that's where all the girls are, right? Stay up. <laughs> but on the other hand, man, I just as soon keep working. Keep a little change in my pocket. Yeah, Rather than spend my time listening to some dip. So bloody dude doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're a freshman, right? Yeah. So tell me, man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks looking? <laughs> Would you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that. Fact. No, man. Yeah. No, man, tell you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs>